The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Heavy, hey! Hey, everybody. I'm Guy. That's John. Uh, it is Monday afternoon. First show of the week. Did not do a show this uh, yesterday. First night of Hanukkah. Christmas week. Holiday week. Night two, Guy. Night two. Well, you get anything yet? That's right. Uh, no. We got guy. You got a Raiders win yesterday. That's true. I did get a Raiders win, John. A Hanukkah miracle for me and for you. Wearing a giant. For those of you listening to the podcast, John wearing his silver and black today. Um, Big Raider win. Big Raider win. That was uh, glory. Oh, look, look at the black. Oh, and the the black chest hair and the white, the silver body. Just win, baby. (laughs) You tweeted just win, baby. uh, When it looked like they were going to (laughs) lose. You know what's crazy is I. It turned out to be pretty like uh, just kind of a universal statement that could kind of go both ways because I retweeted it once Chandler Jones. I was going to do something pretty trolly that yeah. would have been hard to what? come back from. Like what? I'm glad I didn't. I Just something probably pretty mean, you know, oh. just unnecessary. Yeah. Like a legit just a thought, you know, Josh McDaniels being a oh. complete failure, you know, <laughs> destroying this franchise type deal. <laughs> like I was just gonna have like a you know like a like a two hundred word or you know two hundred letter four thousand several character. words yeah. however many Elon allows right yeah as long as you don't input an Instagram you're not allowed to do that anymore Mastodon uh, all right if you're listening to this podcast that's awesome we appreciate that hopefully you're subscribed if you're watching on YouTube uh, hit that subscribe button hit that like button our podcast is down in the YouTube description our YouTube if you're listening to it and you want to watch the show ever is in the podcast description. So easy links. We allow linking. And um, uh, there, there's a lot There's a lot there. So, man, I mean, a wild weekend. Actually, the whole weekend. But I mean, everything. Like, even the World Cup. Like, the thing was just incredible. It was a good game. Uh, it, was, it was incredible. Just everything was great. Uh, I enjoyed it. Before we go any further, John, let's just tell the people about our friends Tito. Handmade vodka. Holiday season means... You know, I pulled out the bottle of Tito's yesterday, John. I thought it only had enough Tito's for one night, but the miracle, it's I've had eight nights of Tito's. It's a Tito's miracle. Yeah, get yourself some Tito's. When you go over this week to your Hanukkah party and happy Hanukkah to all my fellow Jewish brothers and sisters. Your honorary. When you go to your Christmas Eve party on Saturday after the Niners rattle off another W, eight in a row, 
when you go and then we'll watch the Raiders, you know, battle of get try to get a big win against Steelers Saturday night, still playoff hopes alive, as Guy alluded to uh, before we hopped on Sunday, some games, bring a bottle of Tito's, go get a handle of Tito's. The people will not just rejoice, but then when you're pouring drinks, might be some foo-foo drinks, make yourself a white Russian, put a little eggnog in there for the spirit, or just yeah, keep it do white t- Tito's in water. No, I'll probably... <laughs> I probably put on about. I've been eating a lot of just shitty. You know, the holiday sometimes it gets cold. You just start eating, yeah, eating and drinking, and then yeah. eating some more. So yeah. uh, I'm probably just going to try to stick to Tito's and sodas, and uh, and go from there. But we'll see how that goes because I great- love a good white Russian with with eggnog. Use just a little coffee creamer. It's Ooh. little Bailey's. It's fantastic. Ooh, this uh, Tito's Mariposa. I'm just looking mm. if you want to add a little pop, a little color to the holiday. Uh, some cranberries, some blueberries, a little champagne, some Tito's, some hibiscus, agua fresca, all kinds of great recipes. If you want to uh, spice it up, you know, being the person making drinks at the party is always a good time. Or you could just enjoy, relax, chill, Tito's and water uh, with a lemon, whatever you want to do. Just just uh, enjoy yourself. Do it responsibly, of course. A lot of football coming up. The continuation we got if you're watching live or before Monday Night Football tonight, Thursday Night Football is actually a big I don't know who would have circled uh, uh, the game on Thursday, which we'll get to, but actually a good game. Well, that's uh, the thing about football, right? You never know who would have never- thought the Jets-Lions would have had huge playoff implications. I was locked into that thing. Yeah, how about just Jags-Cowboys being the Burkhart, the number one Fox game, and it turned out to be a, a great game. So, um, you know, if you're heading to the in-laws and they're like, hey, what do you, what do you, ha- what do you want? Anything you want us to have, you know? You go, yeah, Tito's. Have Tito's on hand. Or you just bring it. Whatever The, the, the white Russian is the, yeah. just a couple shots of vodka. Okay. The coffee liqueur, usually just Kahlua is the easy thing to buy. And if okay. you want to go with the Christmas spirit, if you like eggnog, I don't usually, but honestly, in the white Russian, the eggnog Russian, not terrible, and eggnog. It's very simple to make. This sounds. I remember you uh, debuted it last year. and uh, we'll I started drinking them about 8 a.m. on uh, Christmas morning. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Also brought to you by our friends at Draft Kings. Draft Kings. Right now, this is the go-to when you're betting the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Right now at Draft Kings, when you use the code HAM. Uh, <laughs> you get $100 and 50, uh, $150 in free bets when you bet just the five bucks and everyone can earn up to 100% boost with the DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code HAM. Place a five dollar bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get a one hundred and fifty dollar in free. Uh, get one hundred fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code HAM. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I was looking, I think, at the wrong one, and you know, in the business we're in, we just, you know, holiday times. We're not into doing give backs. I didn't want to read the same thing and and screw us. So uh, I I just, I'd highly recommend uh, gambling this weekend. It'll it'll help pass the time as well as you know your family and alcohol. Uh, Jags Jets is the Thursday night game. John Jags are plus one in this game. We'll get to the Jags a little later, but the Jags have won uh, three of their last four. Their wins. 
Have you, you, you know what their wins are? Ravens, Titans, Cowboys, plus a 26-point loss to the Lions. So <laughs> those are the Jags for you. Well, Lions are hot. The, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence, seven touchdowns the last two weeks. Oh, him, huh? They, so good. I, I, I feel like uh, I noticed it last week, even though I thought Herb Street had a good game, and it might have just been because I was enjoying uh, the Niners-Seattle game so much, I, I didn't notice him as much. And I, I'm a Herb Street guy, college. It's been a little weird with the pros. But I was like, never been here, have you? He's like, no. It's it's always – and I was watching the game yesterday. Is I, is I an Eagle the dad and Noah's the kid? Correct. I think Charles Davis or one of the games I was watching with one of the older play-by-play guys, he's like, have you been to every single stadium? And the guy was like, yeah, I realized last year once I did a game at SoFi, SoFi's only been around for two years. So, yeah, I've done a game at every place. And you just realize a lot of the stalwart guys, I mean, yeah. they're so comfortable with every single stadium, right? Because even if right. you do CBS, you end up doing so many crossover games that it is kind of crazy to think about this guy that just even the Amazon broadcast crew like Richard uh, Whitworth and Fitzpatrick, Richard's the youngest guy by far. I mean, Fitzpatrick's like 38 years old, and Whitworth was a 40-year-old starting tackle. Those guys have seen everything in the NFL. Think how many coaches those two guys have been around. Mm-hmm. And he's got Herb Street, who just knows like James Franklin, Lincoln Riley, and Dabble really well. It's it's really it's very difficult what they've asked him to do, in yeah. fairness. to He probably that. knows a fair number of GMs, wouldn't you think? Like he's just friends with those guys, talks to them, that kind of thing. Or you would think, maybe. yeah. I mean, I – but, yeah – I would bet Fitzpatrick and Whitworth no more. Well, yeah. Well, and the guys right out of the league are the guys who know the most, right? Because they think like how many scouting position coaches Ryan Fitzpatrick has been around. They're just littered all over the sure. league, you know? And then he can just text. And coaches text. Position coaches just stay friends with their players, right? Especially quarterbacks. Niners plus seven. Uh, minus seven, by the way, Saturday night. Ron's a good guy. Barry guy. Uh, legendary Cal player. Just not sure I'd want Ron Rivera as my head coach. Yeah. That said, the Niners, boy, mm, after that ass kicking they gave that ended up in a six point win the other night, was it six? Set eight. Eight point win. Washington plus seven might be the safe bet. You know, the Niners are blowing a lot of people out, though. But um, I found Sunday night football entertaining. Yeah. It's one thing you see around the league, like, once you kind of, you know, the Chiefs wrapped up their division like Halloween. It just became official yesterday. I give them somewhat a little leeway of like, wh- am I supposed to get like their best effort against the Houston Texans? Right. All that matters is they win it. Wasn't Ka- Mahomes like 80 plus percent completion in the game? Yeah. I mean, Texans were just kind of scoring, you know. But I do, do you think they got a good week of practice? Like, Do you think, no. the, e- do you think the Eagles maximized? <laughs> did the Eagles maximize practice? playing the Chicago Bears Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. No. How good they? By the way, good for them. They're 13-1. and one. As we start this podcast, there have been reports that uh, Jalen Hurts is hurt. Sprained shoulder or something. Big Cat started a broken collarbone rumor on the internet. So, something to watch for there. Minshew mania? Minshew mania takes over. Um, all right. There's no purdy in the wings. You know? what, is wor- what locker room felt worse? The Patriots locker room. After the immaculate interception slash really technically, I think a fumble recovery like Chandler Jones, right? 
backward pass, a backward lateral. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard someone say that it actually was. It's not an interception. Or Saturday, the Colts, poor poor Colts, had a standalone game. Just wishing that game had been like buried somewhere on Sunday in two markets on television. Thirty-three point loss. I actually don't even think thirty-three point loss. I think it's worse when you look at the score and it's 36 to seven with five minutes left in the third quarter. It was 33 to nothing at half. Now, 36 minus seven is 29, John, but 36 to seven with five minutes left in the third quarter. That was the score of the game, and the Vikings came back and won. Well, it should be statistically impossible if you just get a couple first downs, you bleed the clock down when you have the ball, and just play. When you start playing prevent defense, like, yeah, I'll let you go eight plays, scoring drives. When I'm going to tackle you inbounds, right? So, worst loss. Colts, I, I think the, the 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 Cowboys were up twenty seven to ten and had a walk off pick six. That Dak didn't throw it; it bounced off, you know, the Noah Brown. But the guy that pick sixed it had eighteen tackles, two picks, and a walk off pick six. Yeah, and I know they're actually better, obviously, than they've been. But when you just say the Cowboys blew a big lead, losing overtime to the Jags. I'd say it takes a lot of wind out of the sails. What was supposed to be one of the games of the year, which is it can't be anymore, right? Even though the Eagles technically haven't won the division. I, I'm not saying that's quite on par, but that was a pretty devastating hell when the guy was fucking running around back into the end zone. And and McCarthy, did you see this look on his face? They, I would, they are the Cowboys, by the way. I'll just say this now. I don't think the Cowboys are capable enough to win a championship, to win the NFC even. When I think back to what they did, how they mismanaged the Niners' playoff game last year, like you said, Dallas led 27-10. to 10. When Trevor Lawrence fumbled the ball, there's a three minutes left, right? 138 left at the fumble. Dallas up 34-31. to 31. Dallas goes run, run, third down and 10 pass, which means that Jacksonville doesn't have to use his last time out. And punt at 120. So they took 18 seconds off the clock. That's what Dallas took off the clock after Trevor. Well, Lawrence. they had timeouts, right? So they got to call a couple. They called, yeah, they called two yeah. of them. But by throwing, they didn't have to call the third. And then throw. he threw a bomb. Yeah, threw a bomb exactly. <laughs> then Trevor Lawrence hits Zay Jones for 20 yards to get in the field goal range down to the 30 with 12 seconds left, and Jacksonville, thank God, had their last timeout. So I think Dallas is. Good. Maybe they're better this year in a weird way than they were last year, even though they were more prolific. Well, the de- the defense is falling apart right now, which is what they've, they've held their. They've hat got on. offensive line issues, but John, they are playing Dallas in a close game in the playoffs. Is they are that is what you would want if you are a playoff team. They are not capable. They they are going to get the seven and ten bucks probably in the first round, right? As well, the Bucks that win that game. I don't know. <laughs> Bucks got lucky because the who, Falcons and Panthers both lost on Sunday, so that helped out the Bucks. I would say if the if the Cowboys were to lose that game, I'm sure they'd be favorite even on the as the road, right? They'd be a road favorite. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Probably like three points. Yeah, I, yeah. I do think Mike McCarthy, you'd have to fire him. I agree. The Bucks team. But I think if you want to win a championship, you're gonna have to fire him. I do think there's a chance we get Niners Cowboys second round because if the Minnesota Vikings play the Lions or somehow the Packers get scorching hot, if you're listening to this, we're recording this before Monday night. They got Packers at the win out. I do think Minnesota could lose in the first round as a two seed, especially to two teams that would be comfortable playing them, right? The Packers yeah. and the Lions. Yeah. I think they would much rather see the Giants. 
or excuse me, the Giants are the sixth, the Commanders are Seattle. Because now it feels like it's basically those two teams, Seattle, which Seattle plays the Chiefs this week. See you, Seattle. Uh, well, you think maybe Kansas City doesn't even care. Who knows? You never know with them. And you know the the Packers. I I I, I'm, I got a I got an eye on the Packers. I think it's fair. I mean, there's the chance that what three teams on, with under ten wins make the playoffs in the NFC. At least two. there's definitely the chance that two, nine the or Giants have the tie. Yeah, Giants are eight and five right now. Well, Washington seven and six. Anyway, uh, well, you haven't answered the question between the Colts and the Patriots. Now, keep in mind, the Colts lost to the Vikings. The Patriots lost to the Raiders. <laughs> I, I think when you have a huge comeback, there is like a slow burn in the game. Yeah, right? you start feeling it. <laughs> There's just a momentum of the inevitability. I, I think any time that you get the equivalent of like the walk-off touch, you know, home run, the kick-in-the-dick feeling of that feeling is is – there's nothing like the walk-off shot, the walk-off home run, the walk-off touchdown, the feeling of just the lights going out, right? It just ends. It's like you seeing know, Mac there to make the play, John, was just incredible. I, I do think Belichick's players went rogue because you don't do the rugby play on a run, right? You usually do it on a screen or like when they're playing way back, you just throw like the little slant and then he kind of does it. You never see it in the situation and even Jacoby said, like, I just freaked. It was stupid. But you could argue, why did he even have the – why didn't the running back just hit the ground? Hey, try to break a run. If there's nothing there, go down. Have you seen the videos Monday of, like, the footage that shows that he probably didn't see Chandler Jones because Chandler Jones had fallen down on the Raiders logo? And so he was kind of camouflaged, and then he stands up, and he might not have seen him. When you all. watch the play, Chandler Jones fires in to try to make the tackle, and you know, it hits the ground, like yeah. kind of leaping at him. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't see the footage. I, yeah, I saw so a lot Chandler of people Jones had fallen on the midfield logo, and then as he's getting up, he's kind of camouflaged by the logo. Do you think the Raiders and the Patriots, like if they were negotiating, like Brittany Griner, Merchant of Death style, would you do the trade of this moment? For the tuck rule, or do the Patriots still come out on the better end of that deal? Yeah, you the Patriots, it's not, it's not, it's that's not even. That's not eye for an eye. I thought you were gonna say if you offered Derek for Mac Jones, would either team say no? I thought, you know, they got a little lucky because his foot was clearly on the white. I think Derek's been pretty bad relative to how great he was given the circumstances last season. His play, to me, has diminished greatly. We said last season, if they wanted to go in this direction of trading him or whatever, what his value would have been in the open market. I don't think his value, right? I, I don't think a team would trade a first-round pick for him. I think he's fallen much closer into what a lot of people have always argued he is, kind of like an Alex Smith. And you and I have always been like, God, his arm's so much stronger. Yeah. But his nut, when you just watch him, the, the result, he doesn't make as many of the plays that he should with his arm and then when pressure comes which wouldn't you say in 2022 is inevitable just the defensive linemen are so good i mean the patriots i don't know much about uche obviously matt judon I mean, second round they, pick out of michigan oh that's who that is yeah that, that makes sense that guy was uh, Derek. when pressure comes around he's no brock purdy and he'll scramble away he as you said before we hopped on just falls on his butt like that's his peyton manning move he just hits the ground which I think when Peyton Manning and Tom Brady do it, people are like, well, they can't run away. Like, I'm pretty sure Derek's like a four, six, eight athlete. Like, Derek, you can make some plays happen 
He ain't really into that. D- Derek, I'm on a text chain with Cy Williams, who's the UC Davis golf coach, who is as big of an Oakland guy as you'll ever meet. Loves the A's. Doesn't care as much about the A's now, as, but the Raiders are. They're like a child to him. And he, and he has children. I mean, he loves the Raiders. <laughs> he went to the game, and I'm on this text chain with him, and he was so mad because, you know, once they blew it a couple weeks ago and it felt like the season was over, he's like, you know what pisses me off about them winning the way they did is it kind of band-aids how bad Derek and Josh was throughout the game. Like, the Raiders were losing by seven points after having a big lead. <laughs> the Patriots had the ball up seven with like three minutes to go, and they called a, a Kyle Shanahan boot it didn't like look like there was a rece- It didn't look like there was a receiver out there, and like Mac ain't Lamar. What what the fuck was that? Mac one on one with Max Crosby <laughs> with ten yards to go. He didn't make it ten yards. Didn't make it two. Would that have been if they just would have lost normally instead of having the crazy win? It would have felt like Josh blew another game. Yeah, they were up double digits at half. Well, I texted you at halftime or at one point when it was a double digit lead. When did Derek throw the Duggar pick early in the second second half? How about that? A quick screen and Duggar just picks it. It's like Derek. You agree he's had, a, I mean, a pretty I thought I thought I Sanders. expected a good year. Just given Josh and everything. Uh I thought he had a good year. So, you know, but you well, saw this- it, 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 let's just say this offseason, he's available. Do you think they get a first round pick for him? No, I don't anymore. And I, you know, I've been adamant for a long time that I do think he's a first round pick. Now, do you get a second? Yeah. I mean, you get like a second and next year's third, one of those type no, deals. I mean, to me, the Patriots, it actually makes now if you're him, you'd be like, All right, I'll come. You gotta you you, you gotta hire like did a you did you see the embrace him. by the Raiders head coach and their Mac. quarterback? He not only embraced, he started whispering in his ear. How about like, Mac just yelling? I yelled love you. People. I despise watching Mac Jones play football. Um, but the Raiders, John, can we just for a moment? They had this moment. Was this the mo- the? Gr- it's not the greatest moment in Allegiant Stadium history. Well, it was last year was beating the Chargers. Was last great. year, that game was the greatest moment. It did. It did get them to six wins. That that can't that, that Chandler Jones moment got them to six went like there's gonna be you're gonna walk into Allegiant Stadium there's gonna be a big photo of that next year of like him stiff arming Mac Jones it's gonna be like this one kept our playoff hopes alive quite a celebration now are you allowed to celebrate like that when you're when it gets you to six and eight I I would say the Raiders having won two walk off touchdown overtime games. And I'm trying to think what celebration. The Denver one felt a little strong after it being pretty ugly. And Seattle felt borderline over the top. Uh, this one, this one, understandable because the moment happened so fast. Now, granted, same with those, right? Walk-off touchdowns in overtime. Devontae Adams touchdown. Josh Jacobs busted like a 78-yard run. And this one was the coolest of the three. And all three of them, the Jacobs, anytime you bust a long run to win it, I always think it's pretty cool. I think a long run to win a game is cooler than a long pass to win a game. Because it's just it's much harder to bust a 70, 80 yard run. Yeah. This play is just I, I just struggle with our there's a balance, right? You have to celebrate winning in football because you only get to play celebrate once all a week. Wins. But like are, are you do losers kind of celebrate, you know, your sixth win in uh, early December or mid December? I, I don't know. I, I I'm torn. 
I think if the te- let's say the Texans had won a game like that, which they, they almost did, they were in overtime against the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the Chiefs are the Chiefs, but let's just say anybody wins a game like that, I think you get the. It, it's. I am pretty sure. I'm ex- I'm positive. It's one of the wildest finishes I've ever seen in sports. Right. Well, Without for putting example, my list together. Well, for so example, that, the, the Jags, same record as the Raiders, right? Both six and eight. They have a pick six against the Cowboys, and they celebrated that just like the Raiders. Now, you would say the difference is most people thought the Jags, like this is going to be Doug first year, take some time. No one expected them to win double-digit games and make the playoffs. Maybe some people did, but – and then as the season goes, like you get to celebrate. The, the Raiders, the expectations were so high – the owner had to come out midseason to say, I'm not going to fire the coach. I don't know. I I, I don't necessarily have a you strong wanna hate opinion. It. You want to hate it. Let's be honest. You want to hate I, it. I, I do, because I think losers celebrate when you kind of acted like you were winners. But then, you know, Devontae, when he caught it, he celebrated, right? The walk-off touchdown in Denver. I mean, Denver's, I don't know if you've noticed, they're a joke. <laughs> Uh, Seattle's not, but did you see the photo of Russ playing like cards? At first, I'm like, this can't be him, and then it was clearly him, clearly him. And he, his security guards, if people didn't see this, it made a way on the internet yesterday. Where, where would he have been at a casino? I don't know. Maybe there's like some card, uh, you know, there's little, there's like even in California, there's like these places that are just like card places. India casinos are probably throughout the country, too, you know. And his security guard came over and made the person who take the photo delete the photo. And the person tweeted, like, you can recover deleted photos. So I just deleted it and then walked outside and undeleted it. But very weird. In line with what I've heard about him and his security guards. But they they deleted the photo or that he's just going places with a security guard? No, just I told you the story before about his golf tournament where the security guards, like, kept everybody away from him, even though it was invite only. Like if Peyton Manning and Eli, let's just say we're in, let's say they're sitting with me right now and they're like talking stick. The Indian casino is right over there. And they're like, Eli's like, I love blackjack. Peyton's like, fuck me too. It's like, what are you doing tonight? Let's let's go to the casino and play blackjack. Would they have a security detail? Peyton and Eli, who are much more recognizable just given how big they are. Do you think they could just go into a casino, sit down at a blackjack table and just start playing? Or would they have like security around? Do you think they do? Like, how do they live life? I got to think in that scenario, at minimum, you tell the hotel somehow. I mean, the casino, we're coming. Maybe. But maybe not. Maybe they'll just walk out. I've seen videos of Eli, like, talking to people on the street. (laughs) I I, I don't think – I think Russell – New York, you you come up in New York, I think you just live a different – like, you are more likely to live that world where you are just one of the masses, right? I I see videos of Peyton, like, at the Tennessee game, just, like, there with his kid Marshall, like, just having a beer. Famous his whole life, right? I don't think Russell goes anywhere without viewing himself like uh, I'm like the king of England. You know, it's like, Russell, I don't even think you're terrible right now. No one cares. <laughs> and then, here's Cole. the other thing. And, and famous people have always said this, like everyone that hates you on the Internet, they always ask for pictures. Like, Russell, it's no one's even going to say anything to you. If anything, they'll just say, hey, Russell, can I get a pick? Maybe he doesn't want to be bothered. I don't know. He looked like he was smiling in the photo. Uh, Keenan Cole, uh, where are you at with that? Toe was out. <laughs> yeah. Raiders finally caught a break, John. Yeah, they still had time left, and they were driving. Like, they easily could have scored. Easily strong, but they... Is that third down? Uh, 
feel like it might have been second, second down. I felt like they had momentum on the drive. Like I, I felt pretty confident as they moved it down. Yeah. Well, they missed their first few throws, didn't they? Then they hit one. They converted a fourth down. They converted a fourth and ten on that. Yeah, you're right. On the first part of that drive. Um, now, you were on this from the beginning. Uh, other people also, I mean, it, I think when you hire Matt Patricia, it's immediate hate. Uh, I think it, you know, now maybe like you said, Bill hates Mac Jones. Mac didn't suck last year, though. Like Josh McDaniels was his OC. Mac didn't suck. Mac obviously yells at Matt Patricia, yells at everybody, it seems like. Weird. Came out of Alabama, but feels like a baby in some ways. But at the same time, I, I, I don't know if I can really blame him. Matt Patricia's his offensive coordinator. Like, if you feel like this is a joke, are you really in the wrong? Uh, really sad to see what's happened to Bill and Tom without each other this year, John. That's that's my <laughs> You know, I, he did throw 22 touchdowns in 17 games, so average one point, what, two, five touchdowns a game. He threw 13 picks last year and fumbled the ball seven times. So I would imagine he was a little closer to like Tua type play than anyone yeah. wants to admit. Right. I, well, I think Tua he gets got a new about, coach and got better, and he got Matt Patricia. I know, but I, I I do think his rookie season gets talked about in higher regard than it actually was. I I think what I said is fair. He was fine. He was a rookie last year, and he was better than most rookie quarterbacks. I thought he was fine, serviceable. Like you watched him and went, yeah, he's their quarterback next year. Yeah, right. Which is what happened, and they gave him Matt. But you just setting you just if you think he sucks and you get him Matt Patricia, then you're going to be right. He's going to look like he sucks. I just that goes down. Bill, maybe he was trying to save Robert Kraft money this year on the coaching staff. I, I don't know, but maybe Robert forced him fight. to draft a quarterback. If one of the five guys is there at fifteen, you got to take him. Type and he's sabotaging okay. it. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't feel like Mac Jones is Belichick's type guy. The yelling, the kind of feeling himself at the Pro Bowl as a rookie, like Belichick kind of acting like Tom. But Tom didn't really act like that till he was well established. Well, that's what I mean. Tom won six Super Bowls. You're acting like now. acting like Tom right now is a buck. Yeah, well, you're just acting like Tom after Tom became legend Tom Brady. I I I don't blame Bill for hating him. I'm with you. You hire Patricia, you deserve shit, and he deserves it. But I, I don't think he's blame Bill. Hires by a great coach ever. <laughs> Probably be up there. It's terrible. It's really terrible. And I don't know how how is Bill going to fix this. I think Bill and Tom need to mend fences, John. Well, if they miss the playoffs, that, is, can Robert Kraft fire Bill Belichick? Um, of course he can. Do you think he would? No. But I do think it's like Robert can sit down and go, all right, Bill, for the first time in 20 years, I'm going to need a little bit of an idea of what you plan to do to fix this. Well, I had the thought today at the gym, let's say Bill Belichick fired Patricia or you know moves him back to the yeah, early Adams role. But, yeah. yeah. What offensive coordinator forever coaches one never really went there because he would just create you, right? He got you when you were young, McDaniels, uh, Dayball, Flores, all those guys, and he would just create them. Let's say he, he's like, you need to go get like a Shanahan, McVay, Liam Cohen type guy. Liam Cohen, right? He's back. I guess he went back to Kentucky. Huh? Rich got fired and Kentucky hired him back. I saw, but like, what offensive coordinator, if you had any opportunity, you'd be like, yeah, it'd probably be pretty fun to work with Belichick in his latter years with Mac Jones. Right? That, money talks, so if they'd pay a 
couple million dollars a year and you didn't have – I think that – I don't know. I don't know if he would do it. Bill O'Ryan? He'd be probably the only guy. Saban's probably ready to move on, right? Well, Saban last year, remember the story was, wouldn't let him go. Like, kind of told him, like, fuck you, Bill. I, I threw you a bone. You're not allowed to go back. Especially because they had national, they had Bryce coming back. He didn't want to have a transition. Maybe this year, now that Drake May wouldn't take his money. Uh. <laughs> I'm not advocating this because you said what? What was the story there? Mac Jones, Mac Brown said that Mac Brown, the head coach of North Carolina, for people who don't follow college football, Drake May is North Carolina's true freshman quarterback. Who, you know, him and Caleb Williams are the two best quarterbacks in next year's draft. He's a redshirt freshman, so he's he's eligible. Going to be year. in next year's draft. Yeah, yeah. And what did Mac Brown say today? That the big money teams have been calling him, offering him huge money to transfer to their school. <laughs> what if he's like, and the Texans also called, said that if you can come, we'll be take you. Would the Texans get in trouble by Roger if they had also been one of the teams that? Yeah, out? yeah, because the, because Roger doesn't want Drake May on the Texans. <laughs> no. So that means that, like, let's just make it up. Florida or AM, right? These schools reach out. AM for sure. They have no quarterback and they have unlimited money. I think Alabama and Georgia make a lot of sense. They're both losing their quarterbacks, and they every single year they plan on winning national championships, so it's a pretty easy pitch. Here's seven figures. You'll be our starter, and we'll try to win a national championship. I, I would be shocked if, if Alabama and Georgia didn't call. Yeah. Ohio State, CJ's going to the – I mean, why wouldn't they call? Sure. He's pretty good. Like he's. I, I think right now everyone you talk to go – he would be the lock based on their body of work right now. Caleb and him would be the one, two in next year's draft. He's big. He can move. He's stats were awesome. Um, I love that about college, kind of the wild, wild west. Like, Oh, it's just for people who don't follow it. Signing day is Wednesday. So all the guys who were already players in college football in the portal, they can, they've been able to move for like two weeks now. So he could have moved already. H- have they officially signed? Like, can I sign? Yes, you. I, I'm pretty sure you can. The portal is a different calendar than the signing or gotcha. like the high school signing period. The portal. When, when, for so Wednesday's kids. for high school kids. Wednesday opens the period for high school kids, but the portal itself for the existing college players has been open for 45 days. Those guys yeah. can move in that span, and um, you know DJ Uyunglele is out there. I've heard some people say he's a package deal with his brother. His brother is down to, I think it's Ohio State. Michigan and SC, maybe his brother play quarterback. No, his brother plays defense. Is this so, like uh, Keenan Allen, Zach Maynard type thing? Well, I think DJ's better than Keenan than Zach Maynard, but his brother's supposed to be sweet. His brother's supposed to be sweet. I think DJ should go to Oregon State because I think he's one of the rare quarterbacks that could make NIL money at like a place that doesn't have a lot of NIL money. If he was just solid, he could make. He's got to be good, but you know what I mean. Did like you he do a make, spring game. And it was down to Miami and Clemson. Wasn't that what it came down to? No, it was me, down to me, Oregon. Uh, Clemson was, and Oregon. I was at Oregon and he was there with his family. Wouldn't Mario be interested in him? Yeah, Miami. Well, Miami, Miami, I think just got a who Miami just get. I think Miami just got somebody. Tr- portal QB. I heard that, that guy Jaden Rashada might go back to Oregon. He hasn't even arrived at Miami yet, obviously. Commit, but he could. The dude flip. from uh, Antioch, yeah, who was supposed to go to LSU, and then he ended up in Miami. He's at Miami, but I heard. I mean, has he been paid already? Probably. 
some money, but I heard he could flip. But here, here's the scenario I was going to point out to you. We And then we'll get to some other NFL stuff. Um, some Niner stuff, too. Uh, you know, let's say you're Alabama and you tried to get Drake May, which, of course, we don't know that, but you are, I think, making an educated guess. I mean, Mac Brown basically said the team's spending the cash. <laughs> Who are like who's uh, uh, an equal wouldn't be calling, right? Re- exactly. Remember last year the coach at Pitt, what's his name? Narduzzi. He said that Notre Dame tried to take Kenny Pickett two years ago. Yeah, and obviously, you know, um, he was I pissed because he, he thought he, he got fucked back to back years. People coming after his best player. I think the one that's going to be really interesting to watch is Cam rising at Utah, who I think was planning to go to the NFL. But now it feels like may not. Um, And I don't know where you think he'd be drafted, but he's not like a third. I don't think he's a third round pick, but he's a he's a winner. He's a leader. I mean, he's good. He's played in some huge games. He's Uh, taking him back to back Rose Bowls, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it's just he's been. But what if somebody, what if Alabama called Cam Rising, said, Cam, you are a Utah legend, but we got, I'm just making up a number, $4 million for you here. And Cam be like, well, shit, let me talk to Wit. And Wit's like, we got a million, we got 2 million for you. Let's just say it's like they go deep into their pockets. They got 2 million for them. What do you do if you're him? Do you go, 2 million's good. I, I, I'll be a Utah legend for life. That'll pay for stuff in perpetuity. When do you have to make house. this decision? Like, can he play in the Rose Bowl, or does he got to make it yeah, right he can now? Play in the Rose Bowl. The portal doesn't close till late January. I think it's. Very, I'm not very advocating good. this, but I don't want to get in. The, you know, Utah's. Yeah, good. I mean, I I think it. I'm just saying that's a scenario that hasn't happened yet. A player at a Power Five who's one who doesn't want to leave, but somebody just offers him more money than his current school can. Well, for example, he'd be a good example. That you could not blame him if oh, Alabama switched to Florida. Sorry, if, if Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State paid him and he went and he'd go, I can win a national championship here. Obviously, much easier than at Utah, even though in a weird way they could. It's it's very hard. Where I think people would be like, this is kind of if like Texas A and M, who's just desperate, they need a quarterback. Let's say they gave him five million dollars. They just have unlimited oil money. Give him five million dollars. It's like you're leaving Utah where you've gotten a back-to-back Rose Bowl, and next year you're guaranteed to be like 10 and 2 minimum to go to a team that you easily could be like 7 and 5 again. But like, how he's like, well, fuck, they offered me $5 million. I mean, there's a chance that I could get drafted. I'm never going to sniff 5 million total in my NFL career. And he might be right. Well, first, I looked it up today. First pick of the fifth round last year was the quarterback from North Carolina, uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. His contract is worth like 7 million, like 300 bonus, whatever. But that's over four years. So this year he made one, 1.06 million, like just under one, one. But, it, but it's not guaranteed. No. Right? right. So that's what you're rolling the dice for, right? So you can, I if I make not, 2 million, why am I still, I'm staying, I'm staying. Well, I think it's easy for like the two Washington, Oregon guys, right? Bo Nix did not have a great career at Auburn and then had an incredible year. And I talked to a guy yesterday or he, he forwarded me the, I think you did, a bunch of people did, right? He's returning. And my buddy that's a college director was like, you know, Uncle Phil opened the checkbook. I'm like, well, what round do you think he would have got in? He's like, well, I think he would have had a chance to be like a second or third round pick. He, he thought like ride the hot hand. But maybe Bo Nix goes, 
listen, you gave me a lot of money. I have back-to-back good years. Why couldn't I? I'm still a young guy. Why why couldn't I end up being a first-round pick? Yeah. Penix is a great example of the injuries, the one year. He was much more likely probably to go after the third round just based off multiple ACLs, one-year wonder. Like Bo Nix, blue-chip guy, had just been up and down. But like clearly, you watch his talent. Like He's really good. Penix had an incredible year. But he does that back-to-back years. It was worth it for him to take the money now, come back. Where Bo, he's risking a little bit, right? Loses his guy at offensive coordinator. What if he kind of comes back to earth? Right? He costs himself a signing bonus, but if Phil Knight's giving him a million bucks or whatever. These decisions are difficult. Like Will Anderson. Did you see Will Anderson today? today? Is he playing in the bowl game? He's like, I couldn't think about sitting there with trainers training for the combine and looking up and watching my guys play. And I was like, at first I'm like, well, the fuck they're in the final four. I'm like, no, they're, they're not in the final four. This guy's playing like the Outback bull. That's can you imagine Bryce Young's playing every GM just got a Woody, huh? Like that's, you got to respect that. Even though it kind of crazy. Like, is that playing John? Do you know what a buddy told me a couple years ago? He's like, if you got a chance to beat K state, you got to take it. Well, he's like, you know, remember the year? It back- is the sugar. It is the sugar bowl. Still, what to those guys? They were just in the national championship last year. It's just not the outback. But the, the, the mentality, he's like, if you look back two years ago, uh, when that when Mac Jones won the national championship and half the conferences were canceling, he's like, look at Alabama. They didn't have one COVID opt out. They didn't have one guy that even thought about not playing. He's like, if anything, their guys were so much better prepared. They stayed working out. Remember that year they ran circles around everybody with the receivers. Was and that Mac? The year that Waddle played hurt? Remember? Yeah. In the chain. Well, that was a was that a championship game? But still, Waddle tried to play hurt. Came back after a broken leg. People were like, and they, and they even after a few doing? steps, they're like, oh, let's get Jalen out of the game. <laughs> they just they operated a different Part level. Part of it, there. like Jamison Williams gets hurt, still gets drafted high. You see him yesterday, he's flying. Jared underthrew him on a wide open touchdown. Well, it'll happen. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, before we dive into some uh, Brock Purdy, some other NFL stuff to get to as well, let's tell the people about our friends at butcherbox.com slash ham. You got that one? <laughs> Do I got that one? Butcherbox.com, promo code ham at checkout, free ground beef for life. You go to butcherbox.com slash ham. Here's what you do you put together a box. They got steaks. They got chicken. They got ribs. They got it all. They obviously have ground beef. You want to make cheeseburgers? What, you know, this time of year, Hmm. Hanukkah, Christmas, it's very difficult the older you get to get gifts, right? It's easy to get little kids gifts. It's hard to get people in their 30s, their 40s, your parents gifts. Because, like, what am I going to get them that they don't have? Or they're going to tell me, don't spend too much money. Just get me something that I could use. This is an easy one, guy. Meat delivered to your house. Everyone has to eat, guy. And everyone I know likes meat, except SBF, who was the only fat vegan you'll ever see. <laughs> a lot and, of Bill, Bill, Ga- a lot of- Bill Gates is a guy that hates meat, too. He's fat. A lot of bread in S- SBF's <laughs> diet, which, uh, you know, coincidentally, they serve you a lot of that in prison. Yeah. Butcherbox.com slash ham and the code ham. Like John said, a, a range of high-quality cuts that are hard to come by at the grocery store at an amazing value, free shipping in the continental U.S., Holidays are made better for a limited time. All of our listeners, you get free ground beef for life for the life 
of your membership and you get an additional 10 bucks off of your first order. So go to butcherbox.com slash ham, then use the code ham. It's a double hammer uh, to get the uh, 10 bucks off in your first box and ground beef for the life of your membership, butcherbox.com slash ham and code ham to claim that deal. Butcherbox.com slash ham promo code ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time get on the prize picks app just like me and use the code ham 50 for a first deposit match of up to 100 football season's over but hoop season is getting hot tournament season or the fight for playoff home court there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and you can get it on baseball too i've got some season long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs uh, not off not feeling great about shohei less than 38 and a half right now but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare. It means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast 
on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented western wear and it's all kinds of western staples trucker jackets the perfect jeans to go with your boots performance pearl snaps cowboy hats bandanas you name it they'll get you outfitted if you can't make it to a store tecovas delivers the most premium quality most comfortable western goods right to your door visit tecovas.com that's t-e-c-o-v-a-s.com and point your toes west. Can I give you this thought I had yesterday? And it kind of yeah, it kind of turns into uh, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance. I saw someone down in the comments that they all have insurance policies. You know, the, the thing that's important about a draft, right, is what agents, when they sign these guys, and what players want. The higher you get drafted, the more guaranteed money you get, right? When you get drafted in the top 10, you get a lot of money. Like, part of Lamar's deal, like, getting picked 32 was a lot different than, like, you know what Sam Darnold got at pick three. Now, ultimately, once you become a good player, you make it over the course of your season. In theory, once Lamar ever signs, who knows? Maybe his knee's going to fall off. But you know what I mean, right? But then as like time goes on, like three years in, there should be a mechanism where I can change the contract to other guys in that draft that are on my team that are kicking ass and taking names. Because like I draft Brock Purdy, or not Brock, oh, I draft Brock Purdy, but Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. And then over two years, the $35 million I guaranteed them and the t- huge signing bonus, the reason they got it is just because where they were drafted. It was based off nothing they've done. Like, at least when I sign, you know, whoever, Lake and Tomlinson, if I'm the Jets, to be my starting guard, he has proven to me in the industry at the level in which I'm evaluating him on that he can excel, right? When I pay Trent Williams $60 million, it's based on – it's based off – Previous actions, but it's based off previous actions in my league. In a draft, I'm just guessing, right? You should be able to change money to other guys in your draft class that start excelling. Like if I get a fourth-round pick who starts becoming a pro bowler 
he should get the contract if my first rounder is not playing very well. Now, the union and the the greedy agents would never agree to this. But I was just thinking, like, you're basically just paying these guys because I think you're going to be good. And then the guys that are like fifth, sixth, seventh rounders who become really good kind of get screwed. Now, they get to sign contracts earlier like a Debo or an A.J. Brown if they're good. But for several years, they're playing for $800,000 when they're producing like a $20 million player. And even that you can't give them a $20 million contract like their second year, if they start becoming a pro bowler, I should be able to take my first rounder's money if he stinks and like somehow give it to them. I, I hadn't really thought it out, but it did kind Are of come into my mind. Are real cash or just cap space? I'm talking like the – like, are you talking actually take cash from Trey Lance or just take away what? Yeah, he's I'm not saying talking. like. Obviously, you would do it separately. Like, you wouldn't give signing bonus. You would just pay. Hey, here's a 35 million dollar contract. Averages whatever nine million dollars a year. Well, by my third year, if Brock Purdy's the quarterback and you're the backup, that this guy at minimum should be making six of that nine million, right? Debo's a good example. A couple years in. He was not worth $800,000. He should have got, I, I forget who the, I guess Bosa was the first pick. Is that him and Bosa in the same draft? I think they were. But you know what I mean, right? It happens all over the league. Like, Zach Wilson should not be making number two overall money right now. I don't know. He made some number two overall level throws. Yeah, he also made some uh, get cut throws. Uh, they kept showing Mike White on the sideline. Like, he'd make a mistake, they'd show Mike White. I'm like, guys, Mike White is not. This is not Patrick Mahomes hurt in a, in a game for the Chiefs, and we got to show him every time. They kept showing Mike White as if Mike White's their savior. Now maybe well, he's, the, he's the, the heartbeat of the team, guy. You think he broke those ribs for uh, for Robert Sala to go into the end of the game with a timeout in his back pocket? I I don't understand why coaches hmm. in a two minute drill with multiple timeouts try to bleed. Like I think we can get to the line, especially like in a ten plus yard completion. It's under a minute, right? Bites him in the ass every time. And this people in the chat are going, well, get rid of the draft. No, the draft is why everyone in the NFL makes a fucking shit ton of money because it's enormous. It's it's a cash cow, and, and the players directly benefit. And I agree. It's not the players' fault they get drafted high. Just like, well, it's not the team's fault that they suck a couple years in. So I should be able to transition the money to other players that deserve it. Why should the seventh rounder, just because he w- wasn't viewed as a good of a player, well, three years later when he's a pro bowler, he should get that second rounder's money. That second rounder is a scrub. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying for equality and equity here, guys. For nice. my other draft picks, that's nice. I actually think sports are better for the. Like I think baseball, in a weird way, it's better if you're an owner. It's better if you're a team. But the fact that everybody in Major League Baseball, from a front office standpoint, kind of thinks the same, has made it worse. And you know, bad contracts put teams in tough spots. And it forces them to do weird stuff that I think that flavor actually makes things better. If everyone could just get out of every bad contract, right? Because they shifted the money to somebody who had earned it. I think it'd be worse for the sport. Now you end up making trades, trade draft picks. You're spending the money no matter what, right? I know, but you having it in the wrong place puts you in bad spots. Which, like, what would the Broncos do with Russell Wilson? Like, I'm looking forward to seeing the crazy stuff the Broncos have to do to try and be competitive. The Cardinals, the same with Kyler, right? If everyone could just, I'm not saying the free time. agent and trade signings. I'm just talking about the draft. Oh, just, just draft picks. I, I'm not talking like if Trent Williams would have become McGlinchey overnight that you could just get, I, I, I'm just talking about draft picks where 
clearly a couple years in, the wrong guys. In a, and I'm also talking about the only way you can shift it to the people in that draft class. They'd have earned it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm like, well, the Niners years, do that. Funga's deserving. Yeah, well, and, and he'll have a, um, a, a deal with Adobe coming up here soon. And uh, what's the glasses company that Kittle has? Zenny. Zenny, right? Like, like right before his year before free agency, he's going to get a Zenny deal. You watch. You watch. Hufunga is going to get a Zenny deal the year before free agency. And then he's going to resign with the Niners. It's like, huh, it seemed like a couple other teams had more money out there for Hufunga. Why did he just resign with the Niners? Is eyewear recession proof? Like, if your eyes go, your eyes go, right? Eyewear is definitely recession proof. Especially yeah. $5. Zenny's selling $6 glasses. This is a free ad for Zenny. You watch. Purdy's going to get a Zen. If Purdy's the starting quarterback next year, he's going to get some some weird, like, some 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 sponsorships that are just like companies that have a building within six miles of Levi Stadium. Well, he keeps winning games, guy. I don't know if they'll name him the offseason starter, but he'll be in the lead. <laughs> All right, let's evaluate the hype then on uh, Brock Purdy. He's he has played in three games. He has started two games. He has uh, quarterback the team that won a division. Here are his stats, not counting his his early season nine throw appearance against the Chiefs. Sixty nine percent completion percentage. Six touchdowns, one pick, averaging two hundred and four yards per game. Three wins, no losses. Does have a rushing touchdown, too. And has a rushing touchdown. So where's the hype on Brock Purdy? And is it is it right? I got two picks. Two picks for the season one since he started. Oh, got, got Since you. he took over in the Miami game. Okay. I think everyone has to agree he has been dramatically better than anyone could have envisioned, beside maybe Kyle Shanahan, who told Tim Kawakami, when he was the starter, he'd never been so excited for a third rounder to play. Uh, and I think it's pretty clear if you read between the lines, just based on the actions back in training camp, that the coaching staff and the coaching staff that ultimately decides on the fucking quarterback is the head man. So their love of it, love would be strong, but they clearly believed in the player, right? So anytime the franchise believes in the player, you kind of have to pay attention. Like you don't play when you're a backup quarterback. Right, even if other starting quarterbacks go down, and several did, and it took multiple broken legs and broken feet for him to get in the game. But we all acknowledge, like Kyle Shanahan likes this guy, right? So based on then, you'd go, well, I would guess he's probably pretty accurate and has a good understanding of his offense, something that Kyle values a lot. So from a from an intellectual standpoint, I I never questioned like would he be able to run the offense, like call the plays and shit that can overwhelm young players. But once the play is called, he has just been much smoother, I would have ever imagined. He's a way better athlete than even based on like the 10-yard split and stuff we talked about. You just watch the eye test. He moves really well behind the line of scrimmage, right? Being able to juke out defenders, but yet being calm and under control, not being like jittery. His arm's not great, but it's... I feel he's very comfortable playing with it, you know, and, and then this offense, I mean, it goes back to Matt Schaub and hell, Mike McDaniel has talked about my, Matt Schaub when like talking about Tua, like these people don't speak about their offense. You just go around the league like they need Dan Marino slinging it around. 
Like that, wouldn't you say that's pretty beside McVeigh, who I think always like probably had a little more like Andy Reid in him? <laughs> like these other guys, he, part of LaFleur's deal was like, Aaron, just play, just play within this, run some of our plays, it'll help you. Like they are huge. I would say Kyle, the LaFleur family, and uh, clearly, I think Kevin O'Connell, who worked with McVeigh, who's I wouldn't say is a big arm guy that played for Belichick, I think believes that. I think some of these guys think that, like, if you just kind of do what we say with our skill guys, and a lot of these teams have talented skill guys, you can have a lot of success. And I don't need peak Marino, peak Elway. I saw Jason Cole tweeted, like, if people want to know what Josh Allen looked like, type in John Elway highlights from the 80s. And I saw one. It kind of looked just like him, like, flying around, throwing, like, darts. I was like, Jesus Christ. But they do not need that guy. And look what Mike Shanahan won two Super Bowls with. An old version of John Elway that was, you know, 37. But when you see the pictures, he actually looks like 48-year-olds do now. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Um, Which we always push I, back about, right? Like, that's why they wanted to move on from Jimmy to Trey. But I think this guy is a more explosive player than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, does that mean he's going to be better? I just think he's more willing to call explosive plays, and this guy's more willing to pull the trigger on explosive plays. Yeah, there's there is arm strength matters for not the throws. I think that we think about with when we talk about arm strength. We, you know, I think arm strength matters for a lot of your throws outside the numbers in a in a different way than it matters for downfield throws. What matters for downfield th- throws is downfield accuracy as much as arm strength. And I think we don't talk about are you an accurate deep ball thrower? Like I think Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of throwing the ball down the field. Like he can throw the ball far, far isn't, enough. Isn't Tua a good example of that? Like doesn't have a strong arm, but he does just throw a good looking deep ball when it's timed. And I, and I think Brock is kind of, you wouldn't, Brock's not going to win any competition deep ball throwing. Like you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't pick him first to be your Hail Mary thrower. But I do think he's comfortable throwing the deep ball. Now I've said a few times on the show, man, I wonder if Jimmy really was that explosive and I went and looked the other day. His last year at Eastern Illinois, he threw for 5,000 yards, 53 touchdowns, and nine picks. So they were pretty explosive. Um, but for whatever reason, he is not an accurate. I don't know what the numbers – we could look at the deep ball numbers. But I think we've all watched Jimmy enough to say confidently he is not a very consistent deep ball thrower, and partly they don't do it a lot. And, Brock- and, and you would say, too, in 2014 – a lot's changed in eight years to get, get drafted that high from Eastern Illinois, senior bowl guy. Like he was pretty well thought of, I would say, in NFL communities as like a this guy's a chance to be a starting NFL quarterback. Absolutely. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep, absolutely. So I, I think that is one area when you compare to Jimmy so far. And I think this is when we talk about what's the hype around Brock, I think it's all every all anybody we're all high. trying to do, it's high. But all we're trying to do is figure out how much of this is really real and how much of it is small sample size. And I think there are a a number of things that, if you believe that it's real, make you feel optimistic about him. And I think one of the things so far is that for a guy that doesn't have, you know, he's not throwing the ball through a brick wall, he does, it does feel like he knows how to throw the deep ball. Now, the Niners are not to this point a great match. They really don't have the downfield personnel, right? In the sense that, you're not getting a lot of uh, uh, IU beating a guy by a stride down the sideline and you're dropping it in the bucket. It's more somebody's getting schemed wide open and you're going to have to hit that throw, right? There's not a lot of like, all right, 50-50 ball, it's deep, just trust Debo to go make a play in the same way that you throw that you see balls to Devontae. 
we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Although any minute now, Danny Gray is going to get healthy uh, and stay healthy for four quarters. But I think that's one thing that's that I, I I wouldn't even say cautiously optimistic that you're optimistic about. The thing that you don't even have to be optimistic about that is real is his like around the line of scrimmage athleticism is good enough to make play, like good plus. I don't know what your scout scale would be. Is there a if you were one to ten, how would you grade it? Yeah, I mean, I you know, Kyler Lamar, like elite athletes. Is there a scale, like a number scale? Uh, I think some teams have it. You know, I'd say Jared Goff would be on like in Kirk Cousins and guys like that are on the low end. I, I'd I'd put this guy five. You know, if Lamar and Kyler are tens, you know, Russell Wilson, Seattle, like eight and a half, nine, Deshaun Watson, right around there. And like Jared Goff and Matt Ryan, those type guys are like twos. I'd put this guy like five and a half, definitely above like the the average line. Yeah. And I, I'd say Jimmy, he's better than Jimmy, and Jimmy's probably four and a half, five. Maybe this guy's closer to six, but I also think he's just he has some like you can be faster than you actually are when you're an instinctive player. Like one thing I, for example, at one point in time in his career, it felt like you know he's actually pretty comfortable in the pocket, avoiding shit and making. Maybe it's injuries over time, but I feel Derek's kind of pocket quickness has gotten shittier. Because he hesitates, he doesn't. Even though he's a good athlete, like his instincts aren't really there. And I, I and again, over time, we'll see if this guy ever takes a shot. I feel like his instincts are just pretty awesome. And some of that, to me, you're not like born, come out of the womb like this guy's got quarterback instincts. You develop in high school and in college. And you, and I'd say most players in the history of the sport went. I was a four year starter at Stanford, at Texas, at whatever. And I got to build in the reps, right? Or three-year starter back when it was harder to start as a freshman. This guy did get to a lot of football and just a lot of reps, a lot of practice reps with the with the A's, right? Against the number one defense on the team and against all the other teams in the conference. Like, that's just a lot of reps. It's the number one thing we talk about with Trey Lance is like, didn't get that many reps. Yeah, I saw, I sent you this today. Um the video, there's like a seven minute video on Twitter, which is incredible. That breaks down Tom Cruise. It's all this footage of Tom Cruise doing it's the nine. most audacious stunt. Nine minutes. It's nine. This insane stunt where he rides a dirt bike off a cliff in wherever he is, Sweden or something. But it's not just a cliff. It's like a, a the cliff is like a. It's got like walls on the side of the cliff, so he goes off this dirt bike and then releases the bike. Turns and into like a half pipe down the cliff fall, almost. Yeah, and then a free fall into a pulls the chute. They did it. it it's he it could die. You you watch this and go, if you told me this is how Tom Cruise dies, it'd be very believable. He did the jumps. Not only did it once, he did it six times in preparation for the stunt. This is for the Mission Impossible that's coming out next year. Mission Impossible eighteen. <laughs> in uh, seven, I think it's seven or eight. In Norway, this is where it was. Norway, somebody in the chat said. In preparation for the stunt, he did 500, whatever it's called, free jumps or whatever, out of a plane, which is a lot of gas. They're one of the times they're like, we did 30 in one day. He just keeps flying up and jumping, flying up and jumping, just to get a better sense for how to work the parachute. And he did 13,000 jumps. In fairness, he's not outspoken about carbon emissions. He's just trying to do a stunt. He's just trying, yeah, he's just trying to make the, he said he did it for the audience, John, for the audience. And 13,000 jumps on a dirt bike, like all these different jumps. That's a lot of reps. 
like a lot of reps in a real situation where if it goes wrong, you die. This is not, he didn't do it with VR goggles. He did 500 jumps out of an airplane and 13,000 dirt bike jumps. And even some of the dirt bike jumps that look kind of minor, it's like an 80 foot jump that he's making. It just doesn't look like much if you watch the video. So, you know, when you drop back to pass as much as Brock Purdy's dropped back to pass, I, I think the question is just when you go from college to the NFL, no matter how many times you've done it, the guys are like they are faster in the NFL in the Big 12. That's the part that I would say has impressed me the most is that the skills that he's had from just his own body, his own. One of the things one of the trainers in the Tom Cruise video says is like Tom's awareness is elite in terms of just knowing his body, just feeling his way as he jumps out of the helicopter, how to use, you know, there's a camera guy behind him. He just had great awareness. Well, I mean, he's done it a million. He's done this thing a million times. That's the thing with young, with quarterbacks when they come in the NFL, you just don't know. That's the part that I think that, I think we can say pretty clearly that has translated for Brock. Like, I don't well, think we're waiting for an answer on that. I wonder if he benefited from a lot of quarterbacks just get thrown in, right? Happened to Zach Wilson last year. It happened to Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, rightfully so. I mean, those guys were the first, second pick. Justin Fields, even though Andy Dalton got to start some games. Mac Jones, immediately the starter. And, and Mac Jones is a good example, right? He got to start at Alabama, but he also got to be the scout team guy for a couple of years against some of the best defensive players in the country. Brock Purdy for whatever, how many games, you know, eight, eight and a half games or whatever, nine games, every single week was a scout team quarterback against – I saw Dante Hittner, our guy – said that this is the best defense in the history of the franchise. I, I just don't agree with that. But ultimately, is one of the best defenses in, in the history of the franchise relative to that season, which is all that matters, right? Relative to that season, it's number one. Like, some of those Harbaugh teams weren't technically number one. Seattle also existed. It's just, I, I have a hard time. Like, I, And I'm not taking diminishing anything away from this defense, but you just got to go against those guys. Bosa, Fred, Greenlaw, Jimmy Ward, Hufunga, obviously Tarvarius. Armstead hasn't even been practicing, but just the defensive linemen coming at your feet. And, and, and you're also, when you're against them, like it's not like Trent Williams playing tackle for you. Right? You're, you got the backups and practice squad guys. Yeah. You got the dude, the the Mexican dude is your tackle. That's, 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 that's the fact, though. I, you know? I saw a stat today from Football Outsiders. That the Niners defense with a lead this year has allowed six touchdowns and thir- has intercepted the ball 13 times and has 29 sacks and have only allowed a 61% completion rate. So yeah, I mean he's played Well, I saw someone I saw someone tweet like the Bucks got their ass kicked, and it was like Trey Wingo, or I don't even know who it was, it was like, of course they did. Teams that play the 49ers the following week are one and twelve. Teams are one say it again. One and twelve after, after they play the, they play the Niners. That is a defensive, and it's a run game stat, right? Which beat somebody up. I guess Seattle hasn't maybe one and eleven because Seattle hasn't played. Yet I think one and twelve was the stat. Which would be it 13. was, but the Niners have played thirteen games, but their thirteenth game was against Seattle, and Seattle did they just played that on Thursday, right? So how would they be one and twelve? Wouldn't it be one and eleven? Because you've only played twelve games after the fact because Seattle hasn't played after the fact yet, and that game hasn't occurred. Are they factoring well, the going to lose again? Niners are 10 and 4. So oh, you're right. Oh, so they have played. Okay, you're right. I, for some reason in my head, I had them 10 and 3. Yeah. Oh, um, you're right. My bad. Well, that, that number will be 1 and 13, so one I would imagine, because Seattle's going to play Kansas City in Kansas City. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, 
And that's part of it, but this is part of sports. It's like, well, he's got really good players around him, right? Uh, but no, no one's anointing this guy as like some future tenure starter for the Niners. Because you would be disingenuous. It's impossible to truly have that conversation based on such a small sample size. You almost have to live in the moment. But living in the moment, talking about this guy... You know, it's not even just locally. I think a lot of people, like, this guy's blown people away. So let me give you a line, and you tell me if this is too optimistic or not optimistic enough or just right. Goldilocks. Brock Purdy. They might have something here. Is that not optimistic enough, or is that exactly right? I'd, I'd say that's approaching the threshold of as far as you're allowed to go right now. Like, they might have something here. What if, you know, uh, they might have something here. Yeah. Can I go a little? Can I say anything more bold than that and not be too hypey? Yeah, like this guy's a lock opening day starter for them next year. I wouldn't even go that far, but he's definitely in the mix. This how guy's about, a very good this? chance to be the 49ers quarterback in 2023. Okay. How about this line? Trey's in trouble. I think that's fair. How could you Trey not say might that? Might be on... in trouble is definitely fair, right? Yeah. Trey, Trey is, is in, tr- in trouble. He's in trouble right now. Yeah. He's hurt, and this guy's winning games. Yes. He was not in as much trouble with Jimmy even before the foot injury, just given Jimmy was Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the day, right? Like, this guy is cheap. They had already showed their hand with Jimmy. They want Trey to be their starter. And there were variables about Jimmy. Jimmy was a free agent. They couldn't tag him. What the market was going to be, some desperate teams. Who knows? There were financial ramifications. Part of my my idea to just pay the Hufungas and Greenlaws was just like, they kind of get screwed for a couple of years. This guy is very, very cheap for the next. I mean, his signing bonus was what? 30. What did you say? 30,000 or was it 77? Do you remember? $77,000. 77,000. That the moment they drafted him, the 49ers, the only money they owed him was $77,000. They technically, they can cut him tomorrow guy. He could buy a G wagon. Can you imagine if John Lynch thought about cutting? Would Kyle, would they get into a physical altercation? You mean if he tried to cut him because he was too threatening? Yeah. To Trey? It's, yeah. You you just, just someone, anyone in the building tried to cut Brock Purdy? Kyle's, Kyle's like, like, all right, Trey's the starter. And then immediately Brock gets cut the next day. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Kyle, I know you were going to go get him. Replace Trey week two. It's all, and this is what I'm talking about NFL memes. This account on Twitter and Instagram is just a universal funny account. They, they, they just talk about whatever, like they're not biased in any case in terms of like who to use for their parodies. They just try to hit what is like the big story, right? They just kind of a reflective of what everyone's talking about. So ultimately the big story, they tweeted this after Argentina wins, right? So Messi's in there and then it's easy to throw Jordan and you could have, to me, Gretzky, Tiger, the, you know, Muhammad Ali. It's, a, it's it's the goats of their sport is what this graphic is. There's four people in the boxes. And it's Messi, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and number 13, Brock Purdy. Well, uh, that Tom Cruise video I mentioned, I saw it because I was scrolling Twitter and Andy Liu from the uh, Light Years pod retweeted it. And I replied and said, Jordan, Brady, Cruise, and Tiger. Like, I watched that video and thought Tom Cruise is one of the greatest competitors in like modern whatever earth, right? And he replied, comma, Brock Purdy. 
that the greats are actually Jordan, Brady, Tiger, Tom Cruise, and Brock Purdy. So you're right. I mean, he is a national, he is one of the biggest stories in the NFL right now. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. I mean, if Mike White's one of the biggest stories, his team stinks. Well, assuming he does not get injured, and Mike White has not been as good as Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy stays healthy, which you can't assume the way the 49ers quarterbacks go, they drop like flies, he's going to start a home playoff game. A home playoff game. And the one thing in a playoff game, like ultimately this weekend, you and I will be locked in, and depending on where you live, but I would imagine the game of the week was Cowboys-Eagles. It is, because the Niners are playing at 205 this week. Yeah, it's that the game. National Fox. It's the big Fox game. Yeah, which it should be. But you, every single human watches a playoff game, right? Just like the Saturday games, I would say the majority of sports fans in America watch some of the Saturday games at some point in time throughout the day. You just can't miss it. I'd say a lot of people just watch playoff games, like kind of start to finish. I mean, we do this for a little. What do you think? 75% of them all? Like Brock's, like, and chance if it's Niners Giants, think how many people are going to watch that game. Niners Giants? There's a chance if it's Niners Giants, that game's Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I don't think you put that game on a Saturday. Well, Saturday afternoon is probably going to be Titans or Jags, whoever. Sunday, Saturday night could easily be like. It could be Vikings. If it's not, da- you know, like. Couldn't you go Tampa at Dallas Saturday night? You could. Do you want to put Dallas on Saturday? Well, last year, when did the Niners play the Cowboys? Sunday afternoon? Uh, I don't I don't remember. I mean, I, Dallas on a Saturday night would rate, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Niners play the Packers on a Saturday night. I, I don't think it's crazy. And 35 million people watch that. You could go tan- you go Brady, Dallas. I think the Niners-Giants would probably get Sunday afternoon or potentially Saturday night, too. I mean, it's it, it'd be one of the big boys, right? <laughs> and, and listen, this Giants team, this the, – I think he's the coach of the year, but it's not the Eli Giants, right? But it's, but I did watch them Sunday thinking like, well, you know, they do have some, it's Saquon and they got some guys on defense. So, and they're well coached. They're tough, right? Not a gimme. It'd be like, I had a little more respect for them after watching them on Sunday. They would show up ready to throw some body blows. Yeah. They just, Saquon, he's sweet. Uh, all right, so one thing that got some attention kind of along these lines in terms of what's an appropriate conversation to have was Kyle Shanahan saying that Brock Purdy's the most poised rookie he's ever had. And as you know, whether it's a conversation about Jimmy, whether it's a conversation about Brock, whether it's just any conversation, Trey catches, as they call on the internet, strays. To the point that people well, they literally def- just had the third pick in the draft last year, rookie year. Yeah, right? yeah. John, Trey gets defended so hard that you could not even mention Trey and somebody will come to his defense, which is kind of what happens here with Brock, although the conversation with Brock is also a conversation about Trey, even if you're not talking about Trey, because the conversation about Brock is a big picture conversation in addition to being about how he's going to play against the football team, how is he going to play in the playoffs, 
what happens if Jimmy suddenly is kind of healthy in the playoffs, but Brock's playing well, right? All these conversations are big picture Brock conversations. Well, I saw some of that. Like, it makes no sense to not put Jimmy in IR if you didn't think there was a chance. Yeah. Just to, like, have that in your back pocket. Right, right. Which kind of makes sense. You're like, yeah, why would There is it? logic on that, right? But yeah. I think the counter is, well, what if Brock gets hurt? Now you've locked in a playoff spot. You're going to the playoffs. What if Brock gets hurt Saturday? What do you do? Let's say he's hurt, hurt but you could get Jimmy back by what, you know, whatever. So I, that would be a reason to keep Jimmy around. Right. Kyle claimed Josh Johnson potentially on Thursday night was not out of the realm possibility. I don't know if I totally believe him, but, but, you, but I, I would say that's my counter on why not put Jimmy on IR because what if Brock gets hurt, you've had two quarterbacks get hurt. It's not that far fetched of a scenario. Call Steve young. That's what Kyle said. So when you say it's the most poised rookie since ever I've ever had, that's what he said about Brock. You did coach. That is a reflection of what you think about Trey. Now saying Usain Bolt's the fastest guy I've ever seen. Doesn't mean that you think uh, Josh Johnson slow. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> is it Josh is slow, right? It's not, that's not, I, I don't hear Kyle say that and think, oh, he's taking a shot at Trey. Well, if I, if I was a wide receiver coach and I coached Tyreek Hill and Randy Moss and I went, I think Tyreek Hill's faster than Randy Moss, that doesn't mean I'm saying Randy Moss is slow, even though that's how everyone takes it, right? So when I say J Brock Purdy, when I say those words, he's the most poised rookie, people don't even go, well, he also coached Kirk Cousins and RG3 their rookie year. He, he, he just, in the moment, and it does feel the way everything happened with Trey Lance, that it's these two guys now in the bucket of RG3 and Kirk Cousins that were in the bucket. And let's face it, Based on his history, it feels like he'll pivot away. Now, we got a long way to go, and Cousins was a higher pick than Purdy, but it feels like Purdy brings everything to the table, and just based on the actions, and I say this all the time, just judge coaches not by what they say, by their actions. We didn't need to hear that Kyle Shanahan really liked him when he cut a guy that they paid $2 million for. Now, it wasn't. this isn't Kyle Shanahan's company, so it's not out of his own pocket, and if it was, maybe he would have kept them all, but it was just a football decision, which clearly became pretty easy when they just got rid of Sudfeld. The moment Jimmy went back or came back, they were like, see a Sudfeld. They didn't say, hey, we're going to try to get you the practice squad, Brock. Like, you're Stan. So he's like this guy, been very intrigued for a long time, specifically in training camp in those games when he started. Before they knew Jimmy Garoppolo was coming back, remember by the second preseason game, this guy was taking the backup quarterback reps behind Trey Lance. And he said a couple weeks ago, I was prepared to come into this season with Brock Purdy as the backup. So when you have that preparation, you and I thought it was nuts, right? He did not. And it does get back to the history of this human being. This does fall under the type quarterbacks we've always kind of banged our head against the wall that he ultimately is going to like. Now, I'm watching Brock Purdy. I actually find him better than some of the guys that, you know, Kirk Cousins can't move. Now, at this point in time, Cousins has been playing the league a long time. He's having a really good career. But when you get Cousins off the spot, just like Jared Goff, they're kind of screwed. Now, in the pocket, Cousins is pretty damn good right now, right? When he's in a rhythm, he can throw 35 touchdowns in a season and lead you to the playoffs. But part of what Purdy brings, which I think you have to have, is athletic ability. And keep play like can bail Kyle out of shitty plays. Because some his play call, he always thinks it's going to work. Well, sometimes it doesn't. And Jimmy, a lot of times, and we don't have the information on Trey, we thought he would be able to kind of take off, and it was a lot going on. Like, they, they were kind of merging two offenses. 
Jimmy was hit or miss. So far, Purdy has been pretty damn good. Uh, keeping plays alive when McGlinchey gets smoked or they don't pick up the blitz and doesn't freak. Like, listen, Jimmy was tough and all, but sometimes he would get a little – he would scatterbrain back there, right? He would. There were other times where he would make a play where you thought – Yeah, it was just hit or miss. Open. You didn't know what was coming. You know, there was a time when – this is the way it works. The sky was the limit for Jimmy with the 49ers. And then we reached the sky. We reached the limit. We found the ceiling, right? I would say that came back to earth relatively quick when he tore his ACL because it was based on yeah. like those five games. And then like three games in, you realize like, guys, guy's kind of reckless. It was like yeah. a one play outlier. And then over time, you realize, yeah, he just puts himself in compromising positions. And so far, one thing I will give this guy, and I mean, Trey does too, because Trey doesn't know how to slide and he's kind of in no man's land. This guy is very comfortable when fast guys that are faster than him are coming at him whether he knows I can get away or kind of just have to throw it away. And that's back to what we said about you can't teach him the experience that this guy has in his back pocket for playing all those years at a high level. And I'd even throw in training against this defense. What do you think? Basically all season long, starting in like midway through training camp, once they started preparing for the season, Purdy was probably going over there and and servicing them. Well, <laughs> I love when they say that. <laughs> Remember, Jimmy was not practicing with the team, right? No, he was with a couple little skinny like in trainers. In normal circumstances, let's just say you had Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Like last year, you're really, when you're the third quarterback, you are really the third quarterback, right? Yeah. But as it turned out, he, he was not, like Jimmy was gone. So they their guys were him and Sudfeld and Purdy and Trey, like those three, right? Which puts you probably in some higher, quote-unquote, leverage reps. But... Now, the flip side from Trey's perspective is a lot has happened to put Brock Purdy in this position, just like a lot happened to put Jimmy Garoppolo in his position. And so if you're Trey Lance, all you can do is rehab and focus on football and do the right things. Trey Lance's shot is not over. Nobody is saying that. But it's clear that Kyle likes, and likes isn't the word, there's a good chance that he he definitely believes in Brock. There's a good chance he really believes in Brock. Right. I, I just went to the – because obviously the only game that all three of them would have been healthy would have been week one against the Bears. He was inactive. Which they only you know, had two active quarterbacks. Mo most teams, you know, the third quarterback is in street clothes, but so was George Kittle. I forgot he was injured early in the season. Yeah. But Chris says Brock's going to see a lot of zone and zone blitzes. Well, one thing you watched last night against the Giants, assuming Minnesota just – and I'm just going to bet on them keep winning because it's they have a plus two-point differential. They have the same record as the Bills, who have a plus 135. But the, the, one thing I've pushed back on Minnesota that everyone keeps – oh, their, their defense and offense and DVOAs are all average. Yeah, but their record is not. And the point of the sport is not to be ranked high in the DVOA. It's to win football games, and they're figuring it out. Is it weird? Is it bizarre? Is it going to go down as probably a historic outlier? Yes. But, like, they easily could be in the second round when they're 13-4 and four and they win a home playoff game and you're playing them. Like, I'm, I'm banking on them being in that position. Good home environment. Is that, okay, so the Giants now have the inside track as the sixth seed. So if the Niners are the three seed, they're the sixth seed. They got that, they got that defensive coordinator that looks like he was batting cleanup for the Yankees in 1983. That when you say Wink Martindale, that guy's fucking bringing people from all over the place, and that's kind of his deal. Like that's that would be a tough 
team to go against. Like you said, they, they want to play tough, physical. They're not a sexy team to begin with. And they have a guy that I would guess Wink Martindale is a top five defensive coordinator, compensated guy in the league. Would be, if I had to guess, probably makes three, three and a half million dollars, makes a shitload of money. Probably, I mean, just based on seniority and stuff, probably makes more than like D'Amico Ryan. Just, yeah. You know, he's been, he's been a coordinator for a long time. They stole him. I guess they didn't steal him. Harbaugh let him go, but he had options. That would just, that's just not an easy Brock Purdy, Kyle Leadenbrock against Wink Martindale. That's just a tough. If I told you that was 10-10 mid-third quarter right now, you could envision the way that looks, right? Yep. Ugly, bodies getting hit. I think that, you know, it's a great point. It's the beauty of them having locked up the playoffs now. Now, you we can't assume anything. You got you to gotta get through. Now, Saturday. they got to score, too. Like, it'd be hard for them to score points against the Niners' defense. But Absolutely. But, I mean, you're going to need a couple. You're going to need to go score. You're going to get in the red zone. Go score a touchdown. Don't turn it over. Don't throw picks. Like, a lot of things happen that aren't touchdowns that are really important and tell us if you're good or not. Now, Brock's got to be healthy. Nothing is guaranteed. But I think the beauty of this team qualifying for the playoffs is by the end of this season, we're going to have a lot more information on Brock Purdy than we have right now today. And right yeah. now today, the information we have is promising, let's say. Well, they basically have the third seed locked up, right? Because Tampa, like, they're going to be the three seed. Yeah. Now, they can still get the two. It's out of their control. They need Minnesota to lose a game. But if Minnesota goes two and one, they'd have to win out. Ultimately, I think the Niners, like keeping guys healthy and just being prepared for the wild card weekend is the most important thing more than the difference of the two and the three seed. I, I, they proved last week yep, or yep. last year, all these guys, their entire core team, right? Beside Purdy, but they won at Green Bay and Jimmy didn't do shit. Jimmy tried to lose them that game is they can win on the road. And the Green Bay team, you could argue Dallas team last year less buttoned up, but probably was better than Minnesota. But again, that's irrelevant. This year's this year. Is these next three weeks are probably more about like evaluating Brock, how good he is, than it is like the seeding. I'm not saying the seeding doesn't matter and they're not playing for it, but like big picture, like keep these reps. Like this is just he's a major conversation. Like what's his status? Now, obviously, yeah. like you should think that in the playoffs is part of what the next three weeks are about. Well, like Debo, his leg went from falling off to the he'll be healthy. Self-diagnosed fall off. <laughs> he diagnosed it as a fall off. That you know, anytime he, the tears, I think we all thought it was over. That potentially he could be ready for the regular season. Do you even mess with him, or do we just no? I mean, on if, if you think you get the one seed, like let's say it's week eighteen and you've got a shot at the one seed because whatever <laughs> things have gone sideways for the Eagles. his collarbone's broken. Well, we can get we'll get to that in a second. But then I think you think about Debo. Yeah, we can talk about that now. We're talking about it now. Is there a latest? That you um. Uh, well, I just I've seen some people are that people are the the line has moved in a big way, not just on the Cowboy game. Cowboys on, were favored to open up the line when they thought he was going to be healthy by like one. His and a half. MVP odds have also moved dramatically. Um, according to. Uh. Some of the analytics people that people there is there are some people out there. And again, we're recording this Monday afternoon, so you may already know the answers here. But some people are interpreting the line moves on his MVP odds as evidence that his injury is more significant than just a shoulder sprain. Well, or that it's severe. Pro football talk hurts availability for Saturday's game, obviously, is in doubt now. And I would, based on the reports, let's just. I think Gardner Minshew is probably going to play this week. 
uh, per Clark, J, uh, John Clark, he's like, I don't even know how to quite quantify him. He'd be like a little Mayoko mixed with like Joe Fonzi type. In Philly, these guys play a huge role. Like this guy's around the Eagles a lot. Like he just, he's like a reporter, but he works for a TV station. His quote's pretty interesting. There is no doubt Jalen Hurts will be ready for the playoffs, Clark wrote. One Eagle told me he's a tough motherfucker. I would say that's a pretty red flag quote. No doubt he'll be ready for the playoffs. So, like, we don't see him for the next three weeks, potentially. X-rays negative. MRI confirmed it was, quote-unquote, only a sprain. I think this is where, yeah, this is your quote. I'm told there's no doubt he'll be ready for the playoffs. Would you red flag that quote? Yes. Now, part of it might be they're looking at, like, we're a one-loss team. Odds are Minshew solid. We've, we're really talented, right? We got Devontae. We got AJ. We got a good defense. We can, We should be able to hold on to the one seed. The conversation you just had about Debo, they're probably having about Jalen. Can we, we hold on to win one, one more game? Him? Yeah. And the answer is yes. You can, you can still get the one seed without him. But, you know, imagine, like, if you First, said right Hurts did not miss a play in the game. No. They ha- the injury happened in the third quarter. Jordan Mailata the seventh-round pick who's become their star left tackle, who can sing, too. His quote was the last time that he laid on the ground. That one scared me. He just laid there. I ran over and said, stay down. And he said, pick me the fuck up. And I said, (laughs) yes, sir. (laughs) So the Eagles play the Cowboys on the road Saturday night. They play the Saints on New Year's Day. Do you think sneaky injuries are more rattling to a fan base than when you witness and just kind of go through the emotion? Like this one, if you're an Eagle fan, kind of comes out of left field. Like you well, know it might have been banged up, but now it's like, wait, this guy might be seriously hurt? No. He might miss a game? Yeah, because you just, you're just you know driving the UPS truck, and all of a sudden you hear so – you get a text message from a buddy that's just a link. It says, Jalen Hurts. You think – you do that thing where you're like, is this real? You check. Is it real, Schefter? And you kind of, every Sunday the game ends and everyone just exhales. Like, we got through it, right? Honestly, it's how I feel with the Niner quarterbacks. Like, you get through four quarters with Purdy. Did he walk off the field? Woo! Okay, we're not going to the fourth-string quarterback from the Niners' perspective. So, I think that's part of it. Just totally catch you off guard. Uh, Cowboys on the road, Saints, then Giants. They Certainly, they could lose one of those games. Just, it's football, shit happens. Those are competitive. The Giants, competitive, whatever. Do you know Uh, who won the Saints-Atlanta Falcon game? Saints. I don't know. Saints, because I just know the Falcons <laughs> lost. I don't know. Not only do I know, know the outcome, I didn't see one play. I have no clue. No clues. At any point, was it like 28 to 20? Was it a 3-0 game? I know nothing about that. And I would pay to avoid learning one thing beside, obviously, the Falcons lost their coordinator. Okay, 500 bucks, and I won't tell you. I won't read you the box score then. If I had to guess score, I'd go 17-9. shootout. Uh, oh, uh, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, yeah. 50%, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 97 yards passing. Um, Eagle, rough day for the Eagles, then. That's their first-round pick, and they lose their quarterback? Yeah. So, uh, Eagles are 13-1. and That's their remaining schedule. Minnesota's 11-3. and Niners are 10-4. and If the Niners win out, and the Vikings lose a game. They both end up with the same record. Niners have will likely have the tiebreaker. Oh, they will have the tiebreaker. Um, they don't play head-to-head, so their conference record is better. 
So the Niners would be in second place. When the Niners were up 30, when the uh, Vikings were were down 33 to nothing at halftime, look like the Niners, you texted me like the Niners, you said the Niners might be in second place by lunch. I saw, I saw Derek pop. I tweeted that too. And then I saw Derek pop on the comeback, you know, kind of pumping his Raider chest. Like a lot of these Niner tweets are going to have to get a race. Like Derek, you, you can't celebrate the Niners thinking they might be the two seed when they're the three seed, just because you're a Niner Raider. Wait, how can you pump your chest when the Colts are the team that beat the Raiders and they're the one giving up a historic comeback? I don't know if he was technically pumping his chest, but I knew where it was coming from. Yeah, the he was saying that you. It was sub- subtweeting. You're getting subtweeted. Not just me, but just a lot of people were tweeting it. A lot of people I'm sure oh. he follows. And oh. he doesn't like – you know, Raider guy doesn't like when the Niners have a lot of success and they're really terrible. I think they can deal with some success if they're also got a playoff opportunity. When things are so – the Niners are cruising. Seven, eight straight wins. Brock Purdy on top of the world. And they're just getting kicked. Like that's when they really start getting edgy. Jan one's going to be a big day, John. <laughs> Except if a playoff seed is set up, they they really not. I, well, yeah, I know. Um, so the Niners can be the two seed, but it still kind of is. Minnesota plays um, Green Bay in two weeks. Minnesota actually hosts the Giants this week. Then they play at Green Bay. Then they play at Chicago. So, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they lose one of those three games. What if the Raiders beat the Niners and we just refuse to do a show? <laughs> we just do only Niners playoff picture topics? Yeah, we're just like, it's it's New Year's, bro. We're on vacation. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, two seeds not out of the realm. Uh, and now, you know, I, I would say still with Philly, I, I still think they're likely the one seed. But just something to be aware of, right? I actually kind of hope the Raiders now beat the Steelers and they have a chance to get to eight and eight. And and, and who knows, maybe the, the Jets lose, the Patriots lose a game, and that loses. And it just there's, there's start you know, some sunlight opens up and there's a what's the what's the Steelers record? Same thing, six and eight, I would uh, imagine. Uh Steelers are six and eight. Yep. So the game Sunday is not nothing. No. I mean, losers, I think, eliminated. Basically. I don't know if that's Whoa. the math, but you would feel like you're you're pretty toast if you get the nine losses. You know, it's you never know what the weather people, even though um, it's a long way out. But uh, Pittsburgh, yeah. Pennsylvania, is that Saturday night? Mm-hmm. High of 13 degrees. No snow or any, snow Friday, but it's... Saturday, Sunday, high of 13 and high of 7. It's well, going to be a I You'd rather it snow at like 30 degrees than not snow at 13 degrees. As Players someone always say that. In 9 degrees, I can tell you, there's a difference between 30 and like 11. I saw your guy, Will Blackman, tweeted, might have been the Browns-Raven game or it might have been early on in the Bills game, but I think when the Bills game started, it wasn't as cold as they thought it was going to be and that Browns-Raven game starts snowing at the end. He's like, when it gets so cold, because there were a couple of missed tackles, and he's like, bro, you can't feel your fingers trying to tackle people in open space. That sucks when it's like 20 degrees. I talked to Will. I'm like, were you a no shirt and warm-ups guy? He was like, hell no. Why? Anyway. You know, um, all the Bills guys except Josh Allen, short sleeves. I even like when receivers like Dix and, and Davis, no sleeves. Like, like Tough guys. Yeah, it is. Tyreek, no sleeves. Uh, Niners is a two seed. I, I got to be honest. I don't feel like they're going to end up at the two, but it's really could Minnesota lose Giants, 
Packers or Bears. I, it's not inconceivable. Niners got to win all three of their games too, which is, you know, it's no gimme. Yeah. And I, I think, I think there's a chance that you kind of throttle down big time against Arizona. You're throwing guys out there against that squad. Josh I don't Jones. know. Week, I think Josh. Yeah. I would have imagined when the season began that you'd be like, well, we better sit Brock week 17, 18, I guess. I, I just think Why, I'd, be, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to play Bosa, Trent, and some of these guys that game, man. Did you hesitate there when I said you would bench Brock for that game if you're yeah. locked in? I mean, it's quarterback. I, I think that you could probably maybe give him a half and give Josh a half. I, I would not put him out there. If you're, if you're like satisfied with whatever you are, if you're the three seed and you're locked in and you're happy about it, I would not mess with it at all. Because there's a decent cha- there's a decent chance that 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 game this year. Well, the NFL usually puts all the games at the same time, right, to keep like the integrity. Isn't that? That's what I thing? thought. But then when you look at the week, when you look at the times, they're all TBD. That's what I'm saying. Just AM or PM. Not well, they, well, I just think they know, like they put you around the teams that impact yeah, your yeah, draft seating. Yeah. 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 If you are playing at the same time Minnesota's playing, yes. and you have the one game, yes. you playing everybody or you you throttling off? Oh, you're saying – because you just have to tie them in order to – so if you've won your next two. And they've won their 18, next two. They play the Lions, I think, week 18. Uh, no, they play the Bears. Yeah. I, I would just approach it like give them the win. You would just give them – if if they've won the next two and you've won the next two and they need to lose and you need to win, I think so. Brock's a backup. You could start Josh Johnson. T- let's say you're down seven, two minutes left. Minnesota has lost. Is Josh that game Johnson. in? Is that game in Minnesota or in Chicago? Game in Green Bay. I mean, uh, Chicago. They finish at Green Bay at Chicago. I think that Green Bay is their one to go down. If I think Niners should sit everybody for the Raider game and then bring them back Week 18. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I had someone again. I just just win, baby. When Chandler Jones hit it, I hit a retweet. You know, because again, it was, it was you didn't accurate. know what side I was on. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I got I got a couple Raider avatars. You know, some eat a dick, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favorite. That's yeah. a good one. I, that's always a good one. Yeah. Uh, here's a scenario for you. I, I do believe, though, you just have to attack from knee down. When you are at such a size disadvantage in open field tackle, but he's not far enough away where he can juke you out because Chandler Jones is a better athlete than Mac. You can't like he see he's trying to grab like his ass and his thighs. I think you go closer to the shoe than even the knee. Like you would if if someone stole your wife's purse, but he's huge. Yeah. You would attack the guy. Like if you tack high, he could throw you to the ground, he might hit you in the face. In this, you're not there's not even a fight. If you just get to the guy to the ground, it's over. You attack the lower leg, and I think he just went too high. I, I think if you go toward the ankle, you might just—it's human nature, right? You just be able to grab the foot. Maybe he kicks out of it, but you have a much better chance than trying to tackle around the waist, the ass area. Brutal effort. I mean, just as as I watch that play unfold, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to make the play, right? Now, there's also—it's easy, just you know, when you're in the heat of battle, John. Like Willie McGinnis, did you see this video yet? Willie McGinnis no. arrest. So here come. Can you see this, Willie? They some guy in a and he just starts swinging. They just go. The guy couldn't even get out of his seat. 
It's in a restaurant or a club. I don't Wait, know. Wait, you're sa- you're saying Willie McGinnis is the guy that walked over and swung on him? Yeah, Willie got arrested. For those of you listening, you can't see this video, but TMZ. Can you imagine Willie McGinnis walking up and doing it? Look at Willie. So he says something to him. Says something. Guy gets up. Boom! Hits him with a left as he's getting up. And then it's just on. What's the what's the TMZ report say? Uh, I don't. Uh, at some point, he hits the man with a, in the head with a bottle. Also, there he. I would be stunned if there is not a woman associated with his altercation. Correct. I would also be sure uh, shocked. Was this guy yelling at Willie McGinnis from across the club for no reason? Why would you do that? Yeah, to me, if there was financial ramifications out of this, you'd be more likely to sue him or whatever. This. I mean, this guy sleep with Willie's wife? How about there's two guys? The, the guy Willie like with, 5, 280. Huh? Willie's huge. Willie's huge. The two guys that the, the uh, victim is sitting with here, not really getting involved. I don't know if you can tell. Well, what would you do if you look up and see Willie McGinnis? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it was one thing like, you know, this overachiever fucking angry little fuck. You look up Willie McGinnis. Well, I'm pretty sure it was like the third pick in his draft and is on the all-Patriot, you know, the wall of Patriots. Yeah. Pass rusher, violent pass rusher. Uh, Niners Faithful said, feels so good the next three season. Niners have only less than $10 million in the QB room. We can spend money on important positions. I would say that can change fast. <laughs> uh, you mean because Brock gets an early extension? What are you talking about? Yeah, I would just, I would just never know. Additions. You Kirk know. Cousins. <laughs> You just never know. You just never know. Uh, Here's a scenario. I wrote this scenario out for you because I just think this is a cool NFL scenario. I would, I think the Jaguars in the playoffs over the Titans is what we should all be. You know what? what, I just think it would be more more entertaining. The Jags are six and eight. Okay. But the Jags have won uh, three of their last four. I mentioned this earlier in the show, Ravens, Titans, Cowboys, they've beaten. So here's the scenario for a great week 18 game, John. On the screen, you can see it, but I've put the scenario out here. Let's say the Jags lose to the Jets on Thursday night. They, now, they could win that game, right? They could definitely win that game. But even if they lose, I just wanted to go pessimistic. If they lose, they're 6-9. and nine. Then they play the Texans. Let's say they win that game, they're 7-9. and nine. All right? Now let's flip over to the Titans, who are 7-7 seven and seven overall. Jags are 6-8, and eight, but the Jags have beaten them head-to-head. The Titans play the Texans this week. Let's say they win that game, they're eight and seven. I think we got to give the Texans some credit. They've been playing pretty good ball. OTKC and almost beat the Cowboys last week. Easily could have. And they okay. Really? So, they, I mean, they, they've been in two games against two playoff teams. So maybe they beat the Titans. I don't know. Let's say they. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. The the point here is it's very easy to get. Cowboys is the Titans' next opponent. They could lose that game. They're eight and eight. It's not that hard to drop a scenario where which I just did here. Where the where the Jags and um, Titans play Week 18 for a playoff spot, basically for the NFC South, for the AFC South division crown, and a playoff spot. Um, and I think that would be good. I think the Jags are more entertaining than the Titans. I think their quarterback is definitely better. I mean, Trevor Lawrence getting into the playoffs this year would be great for the NFL because it looks like he might actually have a chance to become kind of another star quarterback in the league. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. So I think getting not taking four years to get to the playoffs would be good for just kind of helping the the star and the brand. I think what the NFL is hoping for 
I think the game they would want would probably be if you know because they love a winner get in Sunday yeah. night football, right? Colts Jags. That would probably be last if you factored in if New York at Miami. If that's a winner get in week eighteen, would that that would trump Titans Jags? Right, it would. Yep. I would say their number one pick would be that the Packers win out till that game, and it's Detroit at Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Packers win and get in, and if if Detroit beats them, they get in. That would yeah. be the number one. If there are three winner get in, meaning if the Packers win, they get in. Yeah. So whoever wins that game gets a seven seed. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers is involved, I think it trumps the New York market. I think the NFL doesn't even want to fuck with Jags Titans, even though it's a fascinating, it's a good game. It's be- is it better? Well, I guess you'd have to go with Brady, right? If you went, who does Tampa play Week 18? Do they play a divisional game Week 18? Probably, right? Doesn't everybody? Yeah, but the problem is both those teams are undefeated, or I mean, are going to be under 500. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tampa plays Atlanta, Atlanta. so they don't play. They don't. Well, I guess yeah, it could happen. I Atlanta think if Rodgers has won three straight games, or it's even more than that, right, coming off a bye, and playing the Dan Campbell Lions, which have won like 9 of 10, but at Lambeau. Because Jets at Miami, in theory, is impre- but Miami doesn't quite pop on television. I think Lambeau would be a no-brainer. The Jets brainer. are better in theory than when you watch them, I would say. Can you imagine if Rodgers were to pull this team to the playoffs? Well, it would. he's been – I th- this is going to sound bad. I, it's not – factual but he's been pretty irrelevant this year to the nfl story which is pretty wild considering the last few years he has been tier one relevant right just through everything we kind of peaked once he admitted to doing ayahuasca the floor yeah all that stuff um and he's kind of been out of sight out of mind to the national kind of picture because his team hasn't been that good so it would be very wrestling, like one of our stars who took the year off is back from the dead for WrestleMania or something. Well, I, I think if you ask Raj, what what three wild card teams would you want? He'd go Cowboys, Giants, Packers, right? That's what he'd sign up for. Like yeah, would be and, his and five, Jets six, seven. AFC. What would be his AFC? Chargers are going to make. You seen their schedule? It's terrible. Yeah, his AFC would be Patriots, Jets. Although we can't have both of those, probably. So he would just have to. It's either Miami, New England, or the Jets. Will you take the Jets over Miami? I think or New would. England. I think you take the Jets, wouldn't you, yeah. wouldn't you? Over New England? Uh, you, you'd probably say flip a coin. It wouldn't matter. I, I do think the Jets are probably a little easier to watch than New England. But here's the thing. Let's say the Chiefs are the two seed. You want? You think Jets-Chiefs is going to be a game worth watching? Jets defense is pretty good. In fairness, the seven seed now just kind of adds. You don't really need it, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, the Ravens are probably in. But right? if you told me like, you know, Seattle were going to Minnesota, I'd be like, all right, Seattle could win that game. Now Seattle's <laughs> been terrible lately. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a version of Seattle that could have won that game. Uh, I think he would. I, I think the NFC for being the shittier conference, they would have the better TV matchups. Niners, Giants, Brady, Cowboys. If somehow the Packers were to pull this off, Packers, Minnesota. Would that yeah. be the Monday night game? God, that that would be a great. Yeah, maybe that'd be a great game. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine, that'd be one of those where it's like, thank God you didn't get the two seed if you were the Niners. Now they've obviously played the Packers well, but you would rather play the Giants than a, a four straight win Aaron Rodgers, right? 
who almost, you know, say what you want about their collapse last year. Like they should have beaten you last year. Different team. Well, do you think the Packers are going to be favored at Miami this week? Give that line. I can pull it up too. Uh, yeah, I do have that line. I had that line. Um, next week. Yeah, the, it's this upcoming week, correct? Like Christmas. Well, they. Uh, yeah. So, well, no is the answer. Packers are plus six right now. Open at plus three and a half, and now it's plus six. Well, I think Aaron's going to go to India or something for some more ayahuasca. Yeah, why, why would that? What happened there? Did somebody get hurt? I have a, we got some short. I mean, short, all around. I guess short week, right? They play Monday night. Kind of sneaky. Think about that. Monday night, L.A. Go back to Green Bay, then go to Miami. Not an easy travel week for the old Packers. Miami looked pretty good Saturday night, but they are leaking major oil. I mean, they've lost Niner game. They lost the Chargers, and now they lost the Bills. Like, they're losing games. They got lucky, right, because the Jets and the Patriot loss happened for them. Like they, It actually worked out pretty good for Miami on Sunday. They would have signed up for those teams losing. Yeah. I saw somebody wrote Tua was better than the box score. They had some bad drops in that game. I didn't see a ton of that game. I don't know if you did. I watched basically all of it. It was pretty good. Yeah. He, um, he he throws a great outside the numbers kind of deep ball, and he hit Tyreek and he hit Waddle on a couple. They Miami came to play. I mean, I'll say this: Jalen Phillips. If you did a redraft in his draft, he might be going higher than where he went. And remember, people went is like, yeah, he's kind of a risky pick. He's transferred around or whatever. That fucking guy stands out off the edge. He's long. I thought Miami came to play. Like they were just Good for a couple of tough Good. losses. And Josh Allen just turned into Josh Allen. And it started snowing and windy in the fourth quarter. Oh, I saw that game had multiple. Was that the game that had multiple missed field goals? It was probably the midday game, which I didn't watch any of. Okay. Uh, Speaking of redrafts, we always love doing redrafts. So uh, Sunday night football became in a weird way. This like everyone was wrong about Kayvon Thibodeau type storyline. He had a great game, probably his best game of the year. And a lot of the, uh, I call them the media elites. I call them the media elites. The discourse, John. The The media media elites that always thumb their nose down to what people are talking about in the actual industry that they cover. They're always uncomfortable with the way things are actually going down. Like what? What do you mean? Well, like I saw the other day, the Georgia lineman. I like Vic Tafer. Number 88. He's going to be a top three or four pick. I I, I don't know. Jordan Davis? Uh, no, I mean, that was last year, but like the guy that's their best lineman who actually was their best lineman last year, Jalen Carter, maybe Uh, Jalen Carter. Good poll. There are some questions in the scouting community. And when I say questions, they're being told when they go through the program, not all positive things, not about his play. He's a dominant player. He could, he could be the number one overall pick in a draft level talent. Some of it's kind of negative. And I saw a headline that like circulating, Already some character questions on him. And Vic Tafer quoted it like starting this early. Starting what early? I like Vic. But this is the conversations that are happening when you go into these schools and the coaches tell you, not a great guy. We got some issues with him. Or the trainer, like, we don't like him. And I'm not saying that's being said about him. I don't know. I've just heard that it's not perfect, right? 
And I think when you're talking about high-level picks, because you have to give them $38 million fucking dollars, that, yeah, you nitpick them. No different than, like, oh, starting all over again. Bryce Young's too small. Get ready for that conversation. It's happening. C.J. Stroud can't move. Plays with a loaded deck. It's coming. These are the conversations you have. Now, when Bryce Young, whether he's too small or not, that conversation gets picked number one overall, clearly the Texans didn't give a fuck. Or maybe they did, and they realized we're still taking him. Just like the Giants, who Brian Dayball and Joe Shane, like some of the questions about Kayvon Thibodeau last year were what? I even even I forget. Didn't play hard. Was, you know, yeah, didn't didn't play every snap hard, which I thought, you know, whatever. I watched him. He all the attention was always on him. The biggest thing was, is he a me guy? And then remember he did that stream with Clat where he basically said you'd be crazy to go to Alabama over Oregon. Uh but I, I think it was a lot of like, is he just a big me guy? And, um, you know, I don't think that stuff came out of thin air. <laughs> I know, I know for a none fact, of this, none of this stuff out is the guy. I know it. Like Bryce Young might be small. It's just a thing that you don't have to talk to anybody to know. That's well, true. That's that, true. Right. I think that I think where people get uneasy is where it's like this is unsourced, personal. This is unsourced you know, personal attacks that is not verified and you are questioning somebody's integrity and good teammateship and all of that. And no one's putting their name on it. Well, it's like, yes, unfortunately, sometimes the, that stuff is just not going to have a name on it, right? Your head coach of a program, Nick Saban or Kirby Smart or Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal, if Kayvon Thibodeau goes second, it's better for Mario Cristobal than if Kayvon Thibodeau goes ninth. But he also has to balance his relationship with the scouts and the GMs. You can't lie to them and say he's a great guy if he doesn't think he is. But he's also not going to publicly come out and crush one of his best players. Now, I'm not saying Mario would do that if he could do it. I'm just saying there was this dance that the people who know guys best have to play because it's good for them if their own guys get drafted highly, but they also have to you know, not lie to NFL GMs and scouts. But, but here's really where this conversation comes from. John Middlecoff, the linebacker coach at Oregon, and Guy Haberman, the national scouting director for the New York Jets, who then talks to Mike Silver. So you come in through Oregon, you're like looking at all our, you're like, tell me about Kayvon. I'm like, well, and I tell you some things about how I personally feel. You, you just take, you've known me for a decade when I coached at Alabama, then I went to Ohio State, and I, I came to Oregon. And we've, we've, we've developed a bond. And what I tell you, you know, everything Middlecoff's ever told me, good and bad about players, it's proven to be right. Yeah. I trust what this guy says. And then I'm talking to Mike Silver, or I'm talking to James Palmer, or I'm talking to Rap Sheet, because I'm boys with those guys. And I, we're just bullshit, talking players. And I'm telling you, yeah, I've heard some negative things from Kayvon. Do you know what you cannot do and I cannot do as a linebacker coach? We're not ever going to put our name on that stuff. That's not the way the business works. Why? We lose our jobs. Yet... I have to tell you because of this, my job, which is we're friends, and your job is to get the correct information. And these media people that have never been in the business don't understand that, like, not every guy is fucking perfect, including ourselves. Like, no humans are. And these are nit, you're nitpicking the highest level guys. And See, the reality is, the guy went fifth overall. He did not fall in the draft. He went fifth. I, I think that see that is the part I agree with you on. I don't disagree that media people don't understand that. I don't think they I don't think a lot of them do. 
Well, I think the old school guys do. Like Mike Silver's been around these guys forever. I'm just using him as a name. A lot of these people who have only ever, I'm not talking about a former player or whatever, they're allowed to have it because maybe in their bias, they thought they got screwed. It might have happened, you know, or, you know, they matured or whatever. There are a lot of analysts that have never been around it and just kind of just got created in a studio. I'm not saying the one like yeah. you work with former players and stuff that have played and then do yeah, it and see both sides. I'm talking about there are some, but there are also plenty of people that have had the experience. I hear a lot of bad, awful takes from guys that that played football. Right. And I've been around it, as do you. 100%. My take is more just not quite understanding the way the cycle of information goes. Reporters would, right? Oh, like yeah. Mike Silver, Matt Mayo, those guys are part of the uh, cycle. I just, you know, I always like to, I like to, I feel like sometimes I have to stand up for media, for reporters. Yeah. I mean, I, I like kick, but I'm not talking reporters. And okay. I understand, I do think it's disingenuous sometimes for a reporter to go, this is be, like, They've been in enough conversations to know. I, I well, here's the other thing. Let me let me. Can I address the second part of what you said? Sorry to interrupt. If you want to finish that point, I got nothing. To, no. Did he did he fall? Is your original point like that? It's crazy to talk about him like he fell. If he was pres- if nobody debated Kayvon's anything, where if you redrafted this draft based on what we have right now. Number one, for those of you who can't see it, Jags took Trayvon Walker. Number two, Lions, Aiden Hutchinson. Houston took Derek Stingley Jr. Jets took Sauce Gardner. Giants took Kayvon. I do not I think Kayvon Thibodeau would go ahead of Sauce or Aiden Hutchinson. So at best, he'd go third. At best. I texted our buddy Daniel Ogden, who is, when I need Jags takes, I go to him. I was like, Trayvon Walker, has he been good? He's like, man, I've been kind of up and down, a little disappointing. I said, if the Jags could redraft, would they take Kayvon? He said yes. Now, maybe they would take Aiden. Just would you take Kayvon over? Or maybe they take Sauce Gardner, who's like Deion Sanders. Right. (laughs) I remember draft day. You could argue take Charles Cross, who's a starting, like a legitimate starting left tackle, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I think what happened, like to your point on the way, I think people, everyone before the draft talked themselves into Kayvon's dropping. Then he got drafted fifth when everyone thought he was going to get drafted ninth. And no one adjusted their take to like, oh, wait, he didn't fall. And honestly, ninth, it felt like he might go in the teens. Remember? Yeah. Because I'd even say is ninth, like like to tra- like Drake London, Charles Cross. You go ninth, 10th, 11th. That's like where real good players go. Well, remember what Lewis Riddick told us a long time ago. We had him on before the 2021 draft. And he talked about Justin Fields falling after bowl season. I think it was Fields we were talking about, right? And he was like, did he fall? Fall from what? He hadn't been drafted yet. So you thought he was going to go one. And then he goes, you know, uh, where'd he go? Nine? Uh, 11, 11, I think. Whatever. Yeah. He's like, what did he fall from exactly? We No one knows where he was going to get drafted. I will say, like, Drake, it, you know, I, a lot of times – a lot of this stuff going into the draft is pretty accurate. Would you agree with that? Like where people think a guy is going to go is about generally where a guy goes. Do you think that's I, accurate, I, true? I was even going to say most stuff that's accurate is a lot of the takes on how those guys been in college. Now those guys can change when they get out, right? Mature, be more team oriented. And some guys don't mature, you know, that have quote unquote red flags. Like they're, like you said, Bryce young, 
quantifiable red flag. My mom, you, everyone can see that he's a shorter quarterback. So, like, one knock on Kayvon was he's kind of stiff. He's not the most elusive guy. And you watch him now, he's not Vaughn Miller. He doesn't even move like like Uche, that guy. He's just bendier. Some guys are just bendier than others. Now, one thing, it's clear he's long and he's powerful, right? Yeah. Like, there were football questions on, like, how good is he going to be? But ultimately, the Giants, at pick five, <laughs> decided he's good enough to go there. Aiden Hutchinson has seven sacks. Aiden Hutchinson's Aiden a way better player. So, if you could have gone third and you went fifth, that's if you got redrafted two spots higher than you were, then you're. That, well, I'm watching the Bengals game yesterday. Draft. For I'm watching the Bengals game yesterday. In the second half, when the Bengal when the Bucks are falling apart, Jamar Chase turns into like this AJ Brown meets Debo player because he's not as tall as like AJ Brown, but he's also just like he plays like he's Debo. He just gets in these collisions and he bounces off. He's just a unique player when you watch him, and you go in his mind does he go. Trey Lance and Zach fucking Wilson went ahead of me. They, there is no chance they're ever as good at football as me, ever. Yeah. yeah. Did did I fall? Khalil Mack, Sammy Watkins went above him. Go look at Khalil Mack's draft. He went fifth. Like, do you fall when you like? Did but AJ there were no Brown quarterbacks, fall? and this was all this was defensive players. One, two, three, four, five. They're all defensive players. Yeah. Right. He didn't get drafted. There were no quarterbacks. Like quarterbacks push you down. But when we say fall, like, okay, he could have gone fourth, the fifth. I think uh, if you go like 27th, like how did Justin Jefferson not go in the top 10, right? He went 22. Yeah. Fall is based on going into the college football season last year. People thought he'd be the number. Some people thought he could be the number one pick. He had number one pick potential. If you have number one potential pick potential going into your last year in college and you go fifth, wouldn't you say you lived up to the hype or close to it? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I would say if we're being honest, like it depends on each draft. Who would you say that Kayvon Thibodeau went into college through the hype machine and then got drafted fifth? It went pretty smoothly. I'd say he lived up to the pre, to the expectations. Yes, of being the number one pick, huge recruit for Mario, having a fantastic season when he got injured and like when people watched him, they liked him, and then going fifth. Yeah. By the way, what week is this? Week four, fifth, 14, 15, week 15, right? Three weeks left. He just had his best game Sunday night. He told the sideline report was he's a primetime player, bright lights guy. Has he had a complete season? I, you know, I haven't watched him close enough to tell you. He I think he's missed some he games. Hurt. He's got hurt. Remember he got, he got injured on that block early in the year. Oh yeah, when the guy took him low. Yeah, it's it's like there's a long way to go before you get to pound your chest. It was the right pick, it was the wrong pick. A long way to go. Looks good. They they should feel good about it. But I'm with you. He was not the victim of draft misinformation, which is I think the part that is that it's at the heart of like what annoyed you on Sunday night. Uh, I, what did annoy me, I had a college scouting director forward me a couple tweets and is like it's not even he's like i'm seeing this you know these guys what, love what were the tweets saying like he's proving well, one was me to kimes and he's just like everything i see is of this discourse he's like this guy went five what, what are they fucking talking about they're acting like 
this guy's Mr. Irrelevant and be having this star season. Like he's turned into Micah Parsons. Like you said, he's got three and a half fucking sacks. Let's pump the brakes a little bit before we anoint this guy as Nick Bosa Jr. or Khalil Mack 2.0. John, if you he know? just played on Sundays night, Sunday night or Monday night every week, he'd, he'd have great games. Bright lights. Play. Here's what I would say. You just have to watch even last night, but you just watch him play with the Giants. He's a fast, like it's going to be fascinating and interesting to watch his career. His ceiling's really high. You got a long way to go to live up to being the fifth pick, right? Yeah. Yep. And he's in a he's he's going to be under a microscope playing at that team in that market, right? And you have games like that in big moments, people are going to like you. Khalil Mack, I think, is rookie of four sacks, so it's not. A lot of run stuffing. Khalil. Khalil, a lot of run stuffing. I, I thought Kayvon plays a run as a rookie. I thought he was better than four and a half sacks. Don't you? You were there every day, Raiders postgame live. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've watched a lot eight, of Lions eight, football. Yeah. I think Aiden Hutchinson is like on a completely different level than Thibodeau right now. And they, you know, and it easily could have been switched. I think a lot of people thought like, you know, Kayvon should have gone above him or whatever. We'll see. I watch Aiden Hutchinson see a six foot seven Bosa like player who fucking dominates, plays his ass off. You think he's Bosa like? You say Bosa like or Bosa like? Well, I mean the I mean he's more Joey, Joey yeah, yeah, okay. than Nick. He's long. I I think he's got a chance to be a star. I mean, he, uh, you have eight nine sacks for a team that's nine and eight, right? As the number two pick, that's a pretty impressive rookie year. Yeah. How many games is he going into the last month where that offensive coordinator is not – he's their number one priority taken every, away? In every game. Kayvon, in fairness to Leonard Williams, isn't even the best defensive lineman on his own team. Leonard's come a long way. Remember I'm when Reggie, you, passed, I, Reggie I, passed on him? Dude, <laughs> For Amari. Uh, Who doesn't Josh, really like the cold? But kind Josh Dubow had a tweet today. He said – Tom Cable's favorite offensive lineman in the 2021 draft, Alex Leatherwood, gave up six pressures and 10 snaps for the Bears on Sunday. It's like, that's a lot of conditions in that tweet. <laughs> Does he just search around as he find this shit? I don't know, man. Tough, tough. You know, the Eagles got a lot of good defensive linemen. Tough, tough matchup for old Alex. Um, all right. I got to I gotta pee. Hold on, real quick. Plan for the week. Well, we can we can talk about the plan for the week on the next pod, but yeah. the pod next pod will be out Wednesday, in all likelihood. And then, unless like Trey Lance helicopters in to lead the Niners to a comeback one on Saturday, Christmas Eve, uh, the plan is for the following pod to be on the f- Tuesday after Christmas. I'm I'm on the fence even bringing the 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 goods home. But you know, it's I could easily just bring it. But it's you. You mean your laptop or your recording? Yeah, I don't even want to bring my all my shit. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, worst case, you you know, yeah. again, Kyle Shanahan uh, shoots a streaker. We could always go live from ourselves. I don't even know what scenario would bring us out of uh, out of hibernation on Saturday. Seven. Well, I would say it'd be impossible on Saturday. With once the game ends, I'd have to dinner time. It would have to if, be more Sunday. If you know, the Niners. Yeah, I don't I don't know what would have to happen on Saturday. But anyway. All right. Uh everybody enjoy uh the week. We'll be back with a Wednesday pod and uh yeah. Godspeed. Thank you for all your love and support. Later everybody. Go pee.